Morning Black Eyes. Today we have two guests. One of them you'll be familiar with, the other one not so much, but we will introduce them. But welcome back for another episode. Uh, we do have two guests today. Today, guys, I want to introduce to you a guest that we've been, a guest that we wanted to have on when we first started Awkward and Black, a guest that we wanted to have on in the first season, uh, in the second season as well. This is back when we are in a car. It was only a two-man car. We just didn't have the room, didn't know how we were going to do it. COVID has allowed us to bring this guest on. I want to bring to you guys, um, Amanda has many stories many gifts. I've actually been around the man. The man can cook. I'm not talking about cook breakfast or, or bacon and eggs. I'm not even talking about just put some seasoning on a chicken or cook some pasta. The brother can really cook. Yes. Okay. I want to welcome to you guys Canada's own, St. Kitt's own, Earl. I call him Tweety. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Nice, nice to meet everybody. Glad to be here. Thank you. Those are way too kind of words, but I'll take it. You know, you, you got to take it. The disrespect is going to come in eventually, but I like of to course. start off a little, a little positive. Thank you. Self-esteem boost. I love it. There you go. See, I like it. Then you bring them down. Then you bring them down. The now, balance. The balance. Thank you. The next guest we have, you guys saw him on our last episode. Um, longtime fan of the podcast. I am also a longtime fan of his. We used to work together from DJ TV to Cool Radio that he still currently currently does. Um, you already know his resume, Mr. Cool himself, Mr. DM Cool. <laughs> What's up? I haven't done that in a while, actually. COVID has prevented that. But nonetheless, I'm happy to be on the pod once again. What is good, Awkward and Black? What is good, Tweety? Yo, let me, let me ask you a question about that. Since, since we finally have the time to bring this up, okay? I know somebody had to bring it up before. So, obviously, we were both fans of Lupe. That was how we met in high school. Mm. When you decided to um, rip Lupe Fiasco off and, and take the moniker, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I actually think it suits you and it suits your personality. But how, how do you feel about it? <laughs> As he sips his freaking lemonade in his mug. <laughs> anyway, so I did not steal the term because the term is has no copyright on it whatsoever. Half the rappers in history have been named Cool, Cool Modi, LL Cool J, whatever. You know what I mean? So my my inspiration behind, you know, adopting that moniker as part of my name and brand stems from the fact that I listened to Lupe's Fiasco's second album, which is entitled The Cool. And essentially the whole general premise of it was, you know, whatever you find inspiring or whatever you are into uh, that you are passionate about can be considered cool regardless of what the rest of society thinks. Like, cool is what you make it. And that is something that has resonated with, resonated with me my entire life, basically, even up until that point as well. So I figured, okay, you know what, let me incorporate that with my rap persona. Because before, before DM Cool, I didn't really have, like, a concrete rap persona at that time. So when I listened to the album and I listened to that dissertation of it, I'm like, you know what, that resonates with me. So let me put it together somehow. So that's how... DM cool came about. So DM as in Daniel Mante and then the word cool. But I took it a step further. I decided to make it an acronym. So the acronym for the word cool is creating our own legacies as Justin has it tatted on its skin right now. So that was my thing. I wanted to make it a thing where everyone has the idea and the opportunity to create their own path so that people can look back on it and possibly aspire to do something similar or something different or nonetheless make their own lane and not have a lane carved out for them 
as you know some people may feel as though that they have to do a certain thing because that's what tradition is and i just say fuck tradition i say you do what makes you happy and you make the most out of it and create a lane out of it that way when when people see it they know that they can tie it back to you everyone has their own thing you know um stanley has marvel for example um what's his name uh elon musk has as as tesla like everyone kind of has like their own thing that makes them synonymous with something for better for root uh for worse so that was my thing that i wanted to create out of that and i've been rolling with it since i actually i actually respect that i was actually a good answer i respect that one. i did get it tatted on me i'm waiting i'm the first one out the crew of three to do it but i know you have some tats coming up so Mine's coming up soon. Left, left arm right here. Left shoulder. Something in mine. Like down here, if anything. But I, I'm glad that we all live by it. It's structured all of our lives from college going forward. But, guys, um, we're still during COVID. So let's start off with what everyone's doing. To be honest, guys, I, I gave in over the week. And, uh, Dan, you're going to love this. Uh, Tweety, you're going to love this, too. I gave in and I purchased the Manscaper. Yo! <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I was thinking about getting it. Tell me about it. Okay. I might buy it. Dude, we need a review. These, yo, these infomercials have been blowing up my YouTube. And you know, I watch YouTube all day when I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just talk, you know? And it's just like my old one, I've had it for years. It started off as like my face trimmer. And eventually when it became my nut trimmer, it was never my face trimmer again. But I had it for years, okay? Like, to the point where, like, it's, it's bad. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give in, right? I, I got the lawnmower 3.0. It yeah. literally, so me, me and Brittany, we went away for the weekend, right? So we left at, like, 6 o'clock. It came at, like, 10. So I just came back home. Haven't had a chance to open it yet. I will open it. I'll probably have a review in the next one. I'll probably try it on my face first just to see. And then try the nuts. And no, everything. you should do it in um, an unboxing video of it. Do an <laughs> unboxing video. Hey, what's up, y'all? Got the new lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. Got to try this shit out. Zip, zip, zip. <laughs> I might actually do it still. That actually is so funny. No, so, honestly, like, yo, the, the freaking, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying that marketing is the best. I don't know if it's just because of COVID, but it's just like, it reminds me of Apple. Like, Apple had that marketing with, like, that song one two three four yeah. tell spice spice and i remember like everybody everybody wanted an ipad man like they, they sold a lifestyle obviously this company didn't sell a lifestyle but it's just like maybe it's because we're all home and we're just bombarded by the ad but the ads are good man they work i've been thinking about buying it everybody i know has been thinking about buying it i'll, I'll say this about the ads um i saw the ads before COVID started they didn't come in in as high as the volume but whenever I did see the ads, it's one of the few ads that I would actually see uh, from beginning to end without skipping it because I was like, okay, let, I'll wait for my main video. I want to watch this. And like, I think it's just the way they go about it. They don't try and be professional like like Gillette's or Schick or whatever. They're just super casual with the approach. And like, they're talking about shaving or bush and all that. Just being very, very candid with the terms or what have you. Because like, this is, it's normal shit that men talk about and they talk about it in that fashion as well. So why pretty it up? Just be as casual with it as possible. Yeah. That's why I love the ads, because it's like real shit. It's true. It's like, like I, when I watch it from start to finish, I'm like, the price ain't bad. But, you know, this is like, I don't talk about it much about, you know, making sure I'm all, you know, um, what's the word? Um, 
you know, making sure it's all taken care of. Because depending on the girl, some girls like it, some girls don't, right? So True. that's why I'm just like kind of catered to both. But right now I'm just like, you know what? Mm, 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 let me get one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll let you guys know. I'm gonna let Please, you guys know. privately, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Just don't cut anything. I don't want to hear about that. Actually, no, tell that me about that. Tell me about that. Actually, I need to know. Some people are sensitive. Sorry, Brittany, but hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to put up a video on like Instagram with him going, "Guys, I'm unboxing." <laughs> I would love. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of a smooth moose, smooth moose myself, if you ask me. Hey, no, hey, I'm gifted where nothing's at the back. I got no back here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, actually, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Now that we're talking about this, it's like I have like no chest hair at all, like none at all. But then it's like I have like a little bit of back hair, but the majority of my hair is waist down. Like yeah. my, yo, if you see my legs, it's bad. And then you see my arms, upper body, no hair. Yeah. It's just like all of my hair is from the waist down, bro. Like here, I'm Wolverine. Backwards, I'm smoother than smoother <laughs> Terry Crews' head. On the back, I'm smoother than Terry Crews' head. Like, how's that one? I'm kind of like in between, like when it comes to like the chest hair. Like I do have a bit of hair, but like it's noticeable. So like when I do shave it, like it's a huge contrast from what it was before. Damn. I just remember working in a wax bar and having guys come in to get waxes and hearing their screams. Oh, I've been there once. Mm. Yeah, I've never done waxing before. I'm not even. Oh. It's, it's interesting. Get like, it's interesting when guys get waxes, especially if they want to get everything below the belt taken care of. This, this the, the Brazilian wax? Yeah, mm. they call it a manzillion. And oh. I remember this one guy came in because so he he like he had made fun of his girlfriend like two weeks before when she had been in, telling her, Oh, I don't know why you complain. I'm sure it doesn't hurt that bad. All this stuff. And she's like, Okay, so you don't think it hurts? So she booked him in for a manzilla and said, since you think it doesn't hurt and you think I'm being a baby, you can get one done. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I was the one who booked it for this poor man. When he came to get it done, we had to give him like tips beforehand, like make sure that you trim this so that the hair is too long, it'll tug, all this kind of stuff. So he goes in, this girl I used to work with, her name was Alana. She was the wax, she was the waxologist who did his wax. He screamed so loud. Just, just screamed. <laughs> and I don't think he knew that we could hear him. And we just had to sit at the desk and not laugh because they were like, <laughs> he came out, he was walking weird. He looked like he was like super flushed. <laughs> like it was, it was interesting. And there's other, there's other stories that have happened working at that wax bar with men and waxes. Some of the things, guys get excited while they're getting waxes and the waxers like, well, it makes it easier for me to get into the crevices. I'm just <laughs> uh, imagine like oh, getting oh. your ass crack wax like so tweety 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 before, before we jump forward before we jump forward tweety did say he's been there tweety did you get your legs done or chest done or did you get the manzillion the girlfriend i had at the time i didn't have no manzillion i ain't not brave like that but <laughs> the girlfriend i had at the time she was like oh it tickles or whatever so how about we just wax your chest i'm like no but then afterwards i'm like you know what i can handle it can't be not so we get up into a room, and mind you, we got the ones from Shopper's Drug Mart, those uh, pasty ones, and you just rip off. Oh, the V ones? Yeah. V strip, yeah. Lord have mercy. If you had multiple Band-Aids on your chest hair and have them ripped off in the, in the slabs, and it doesn't even get it all. It gets a bit of it, and you have to keep going over it. Lord, man. I <laughs> Words, words of pain can't express that's the thing like i would i would go there for like my legs to like test it out if Brittany wanted to go but 
I can't get no manzillion, man. I'd rather just I'd rather just get the lawnmower and just do my balls the way I'm accustomed to doing it. I can't do that, bro. Well, if honest, you're gonna if you're gonna do it, make sure it's not as coarse because if it's fully grown, it's gonna hurt more than anything on the planet. Yeah, that's my mistake. I should have cut it down a little bit, but you know, live and learn. I guess there's a few scars. So. Jesus. Anybody else have anything interesting happen this week to them? I mean. I bought workout gear the other day. <laughs> hey, nice. From where? Uh, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just sport check. <laughs> That's scandalous. Nah, I went to, uh, I was going to do it on Friday, but I'm like, nah, like Friday's my day off. I'm just chilling. I'm going to be lazy for the day. So I went out Saturday, went to sport check, and I had a checklist of things I wanted to get. So I ended up getting, um, got, a, got a jump rope because I've been meaning to get a jump rope for the longest time. Um, I got a yoga mat. So like when I'm actually doing like either workouts at home or outdoors, I actually have like a proper mat to lay on as I'm doing it. Um, and I also got like, a, I don't know the name of it, maybe like a power band or whatever it's called. So like, it's like this band that you can use. It's like probably like maybe like three meters long or two and a half meters long. And you're, and you're able to like do like multiple exercises. So you can like do like, yeah, or you can do like, you can do like bicep curls like that, for example. So I got oh. all of that. The only thing that I didn't get that I wanted to get uh, was uh, was a kettlebell, but mm. they're sold out. And I really wanted a kettlebell because kettlebells are like super versatile. Like, you can use them for anything. So all in all, I didn't realize, but they're doing like a 25% off sale off everything. So before it was supposed to be like 68 bucks and some change, but with taxes included, it was like 45 and change. So awesome. I was laughing. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's perfect. And then I ended up, uh, I went to Blue Notes, got like a pair of shorts and then I got a I got a bubble tea actually. I didn't know there was a bubble tea in the mall that was near me. I thought it was like a booster juice or something like that. And then I realized it was bubble tea. I'm like, oh fuck, well let me get some bubble tea then. So yeah, it was a productive Saturday. Can't front. Did tapioca or jelly? I got jelly. I'm more of a jelly person. I never had bubble tea. Really? I had it once. I've never it's had okay. it. I've never it's okay. had it. I had it once. It's okay. So. It's okay. Like I'm not really a tapioca person, but I'm surprised you of all people have never had bubble tea. I'd say. Never had it. Yeah. I keep everyone tells me that it's amazing, but I've just ne I've never gone out to actually go buy it and try it. I like the bubble teas that are slush. I'm not into the milk ones. Oh, they're okay. I, I prefer the fruity ones. So if it's like a fruit flavor, like a like a mango flavor, like a pina colada flavor, like a yeah. strawberry banana thing, like that's that's my jam right there. I will have to try one at some point just to see what it's like. Mm. Okay, guys. One of the things that, that pissed me off today, and I just, I just want to talk about this. I want to create some perspective on this. So you guys remember a few weeks back, the way all this started, Ahmaud Arbery was the black man who was in, what was it, Florida? It had to be Florida. So he was in Florida, he was checking out homes, and he was basically lynched. And this happened in February, and then the footage came out of it three months later during COVID-19, and that was the first incident. Then you had Amy Cooper, the Canadian woman that lives in Manhattan, and there was a bird watcher, Christian Cooper, ironically, who is a bird watcher from Harvard, who basically asked her to leash her dog. And she decided to blow up and basically weaponize her privilege by saying, I will tell the cops you are harassing me, right? And that led on. And then the last one that we saw was George Floyd, and that was what started the whole thing. Da, 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 da. Now, this is my thing. People around the world have been protesting about this. People in America 
have been protesting about this. I've made, I've made, I made my comments about this, about how I think that these countries in, in Europe that are protesting should also be acknowledging their own anti-Blackness of their own Caribbean and African migrants and of their own Caribbean and African colonies as well. But, you know, falls on deaf ears, right? But people were protesting no matter what. And if, if they're allies, even if it's performance allies, it's still good to see the numbers at least. So I'm not really mad at that. So then following after that, the first one comes down the pipeline, which is the Amy Cooper situation. So from what happened this week, your boy Christian Cooper finally got some charges laid on Amy Cooper and decided to let the charges go by saying that she has learned her lesson by just the public embarrassment alone. Now, I understand he probably doesn't want his name attached to it no more. He probably doesn't want the drama, whatever the case may be, whatever it may be, right? My opinion on this is just this. Like, it's got to come to a point in time where we got to make an example out of somebody, right? Like, there's, like, when Rodney King got, got beat down by six, seven, eight, nine cops in L.A. in the 90s, he got on TV and pleaded for people to be okay with, with the jury and just said, can't we all just get along? That was his I I iconic phrase. And this has happened many times. When, when the woman, um, the white female cop, shot down the black man, the St. Lucian man, and then his whole family after came to the court, and he was murdered, and the family came to the court, and they forgave the officer, prayed for the officer, and pleaded for the judge not to sentence the officer. The officer still got a small sentence, right? And I'm just like, I don't think it's the fact that Black people are necessarily overly forgiving because we're not this forgiving with each other. We're definitely not. If, if somebody who's Black wrongs you that you personally know, you're not this forgiving, right? You're not us necessarily, but in context, we're ready to do everything on top of kill that person because of the disrespect or to get whatever it is that we wanted back from them. But I always find for some reason when it comes to white people, and I see this mostly with very religious black people who have a sense of like forgiveness in general, but in general, we are very, very forgiving. And what I'm saying is how are we supposed to be taken seriously or let any, or like we have to make an example out of somebody. This was the time to make an example out of Amy Cooper. These were the three cases that everybody was protesting about, mainly George Floyd, but a combination of all three. And then after everybody protesting and risking their lives, there was people who lost, who lost an eye. There was people who are in the hospital because of police brutality during the riots. And then you have the chance to just charge her with something and you choose to let the charges go. And I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. This wouldn't be the other way around. As soon as they get a black man, they make an example out of them. So I don't get why you don't want to make an example out of her, right? And my main context is this. It's like, if police are killing us and we're already not making, and we can't make examples out of police, but if the system is letting police go and sometimes they're firing them, sometimes a leave of absence, and there's no example being made out of them, and that's one of the things that we're protesting for. But then you have the Karens who are calling the police on every other black man every other day, and you have, the, you, have, you have the chance to make an example out of one Karen and you choose not to do it, then what's, what's the point of all this? Because if our whole thing is we're mad that justice is not being served, but then when we're offered justice, we deny it, like what happened to the St. Lucian man's family when the white cop killed him and they all said, no, we don't want to press charges. 
and what's happening right now in the Amy Cooper situation, then like, what is the point? When does it come to the point in time where like, if you want to be taken seriously, then you have people fall. Like you got to keep that same energy across the board. So I just want to know how you guys feel about it. That's how I feel about it. <clears throat> All right. Um, I'll start off by saying this then. So I do feel that, you know, black people are too forgiving and this would be a prime example of that. Because if you think about this, it also makes you think back to like what you said about the woman who shot the Shane Lucian guy. It also makes you think about the Dylan Roof situation where they prayed for forgiveness for him and what have you. Thank you. And, and, it, and it's just like, why are you so afraid to step up to your oppressors? Like you, you, you keep protesting day in, day out about, you know, we want equal rights, we want this, we want that. And then you finally have to, you finally have the opportunity to get some sort of semblance of that. But then you pull back and say, nah, I don't want to do it. Like put it this way. In regards to the uh, Christian, it was a Christian Cooper, is that his name? Yeah, Christian Yeah, uh, and, yeah and with regards to that situation, me knowing the, the, the ounce of pettiness that I have, you know, in my body, I would have been like this. Oh, so, okay, so you tried to, you tried to ruin my life. Okay, well, guess what, bitch? I am going to ruin your life. There's a yes. difference. Because so Daniel, if that cop came and he made you arrested in the pockets, I'm not going to verbally hurt you or, or physically hurt you. I'm going to make you hurt in the pockets. That's what I'm going to do. And that's all that we were asking for. And like once you have somebody like that go through those types of repercussions and consequences, then it'll make racist white people think twice about using their privilege to harass other black people. Because the reason why it's still continuing to this day is because there's been no reprimand for it. Therefore, if there's no reprimand for it, then they have the green light to continue to do it because they don't see anything or anyone that's going to stop them. So the, the fact that people like Christian are saying, no, let her go. She's had too much. No, like you, at the end of the day, you video recorded that exchange for a reason because you wanted this to be widespread. It became widespread. Now you have the opportunity to make to take it to the next level. And he and other people in that situation have to realize that it's not just about them. It's about the community as a whole. Like now we actually get to see what happens when a white person does some dumb shit like that and they now have to take the fall for it firsthand. And we could have had that opportunity, but we never got that. And I feel like he dropped the ball on that. Like, and sure, maybe he didn't want to be in the public light anymore and he just wanted to live his life. And I get that, but it had to be done. I think it had to be done. I think he had somewhat of a moral obligation to the black community to use that power to, to siphon it onto that person. That way, white people going forward will know better and to not use their privilege against any one of us going forward. Obviously, it won't, it won't stop immediately, but it'll actually get people thinking like, oh, shit, this, can, what, this is what can actually happen. It's like when you're a kid and you do something wrong and you face the consequences and you know going forward to not do that same thing again because you know what the consequences will be. So that was a golden opportunity that he missed out on. And that quite frankly, is a golden opportunity that many Black people have missed out on throughout yeah. history. So that's and, my and just, just to reiterate what you said, I just wanted to touch on that. Like, it's the same way how Donald Trump said when he was campaigning, I can go kill somebody outside and get away with it, right? It's like, there's this notion within North America and just America is what we're speaking about, that white people have gotten away with crimes as long as they're not <clears throat> against other white people, right? <clears throat> So you go back to like Emmett Till and Emmett Till supposedly whistled at a white woman, which I don't even see as a crime, but whatever. 
And they decided to not only hang this kid, but cut off his balls and put it in his mouth and da 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 da. And then the mother found the body and opened it up. And that was kind of how the whole civil rights movement started, right? But the woman said years later, oh, he didn't even, he didn't even whistle at me. He was just in my way. So it's the fact that you were just in her way, that she felt the audacity to yell something, knowing that you were either going to get beaten or murdered, but you were inconveniencing her, right? This is the context. The fact that you told this woman to muzzle her dog, and she's like, she's looking at you like the audacity for you to ask, for you to demand me to do anything, I'm going to call the cops. Knowing that when the cop comes, it's either going to be him beaten, arrested, or most likely murdered, basing off what we've seen in the media. And before the media, this was a regular occurrence when nobody was filming it. So you can only imagine how many times white people were like, oh, this black person did this. And all of a sudden they were murdered and that was the end of it, right? It's just call the cops, they'll deal with it. And this black person will die for your comfort, right? And we've labeled these people Karens. We've, I think San Francisco passed a law the Karen law that you actually can't do this anymore. Yeah, Brittany was showing me. Karen law, are you kidding yeah, me? There's a Karen law. Wow. A C instead of a K, but it's called the, it's a Karen law. And what they're trying to do is to be able to charge and arrest those who make false complaints to the police based upon a person's race. So if like a white woman does decide to call some, call the police on a black man and nothing is actually happening, she'll be charged under the Karen law for like using, it's also, it's also to, cause she's wasting police resources to have yeah. someone come and help her when she doesn't actually need help. So that's why it is right now most likely going to get passed because it's already on the floor and people are like, they want to pass it. That <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. Whoa. And, wow. and, and, how, and how many videos have we seen where a white man, well, a black man, sorry, or a black person in general, just asks a white person to do something, mainly a white woman, and the white woman doesn't want to do it, or, or, the white, or the black man doesn't do what the white woman wants him to do, and all of a sudden she gets hysterical and starts screaming and yelling and gets on the phone and says, you're hitting me and abusing me, while the guy's filming it. Like, it's to that point, right? Because that's something that's learned and taught. As I said, all of these things are generationally learned and taught. You're learned and taught within your society that if you're ever feel any danger or any need or anything's happening, you can just yell, especially if it's a black man and somebody will come and protect you from that black man, right? And the fact that you had the opportunity, especially now at this current state, to make an example out of her and you didn't. And I'm glad you brought up Dylan Roof came in there and killed like 12 black people in a church and they wanted him forgiven. It just goes again and again and again. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, why don't we have the same energy for each other? We do each other wrong. And third of all, like, how are you supposed to set a precedent when you keep allowing people to get away with it? But I'll let somebody else jump in there. Go ahead. Just one little tip about Amy Cooper. So one of the reasons too that Christian Cooper wants her to be left alone is because she actually has been in trouble before with the police. Um, and he thinks- Oh, you don't say. Right? Um, but she actually got in trouble with the police because she made unwanted advances to a man that she worked with who was and when he told her no, she started to stalk him and harass him and call his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has a little bit of a tendency that when she doesn't get what she wants, she goes batshit crazy. And so he thinks that she's already suffered enough because of her past. I'm not justifying this. Because of her past and what's happened to her now because she has lost her job because of what she did to Christian Cooper. And she also lost her dog, which, you know, white, white women and their dogs. It's an atrocity to her. 
And on top of that, now she's having a difficult time being able to, you know, what is it like restart her life because everyone knows who she is. So he thinks that by allowing these charges to be dropped against her, that he is helping her. The issue that I have is that she had no intention of helping you because she weaponized her privilege of being a white woman and you could have ended up in a body bag or beaten up or beaten up and in a body bag, regardless of the bullet holes. Yo, this, this mentality needs to end because if Tweety right now was to walk down the street and a cop wanted to whoop his ass unlawfully, all the cop has to do is be like, oh, in, in, in 1998, Tweety stole a bag of Skittles when he was 15 or some shit. Well, nine ten eight twenty five be like twelve, but like you know, what I'm trying to say like that. That's literally all he has to do. So it's like your past is weaponized against you, but you want to feel empathy for her. Yo, I don't know if this is like, if this is like some sort of slave slave master complex that we've never got over. I I, I don't get this. I, and how do you expect for these laws to pass? And how do you expect for this overall respect to happen? And how do you expect for the demonization to stop? And how do you expect for anybody to finally get charged and anything happen to them if you keep letting them go? But just I don't know what you said. I was seven. Okay. When I, when I took them Skittles, all right? <laughs> no and, way. And they, and they were, okay, to be forgiven, it was the little one cent penny stuff. So I, I thought it was for, for free, okay? So let's just get that cleared up. I feel first that. Of all, <laughs> first of all, but. Um, to shed a little positivity on all this, this is a very unprecedented time that now that we're all home and the media is now so saturated with all the Black Lives movement, Thank, well, even though a negative towards COVID, but a positive that everyone is now aware of what's going on and actually get to see the media coverage of what's happening to us. If we could have done this like back in like, if we could have video documentation of the like, media as it's focused on now during Selma, my God, and thing may, things that might have changed, who knows? But um, with the media right now, with what's going on, now that everyone is at home, they can understand, like, huh, I've been so blinded by this, because before, it would be just water, water cooler talk, where they just talk about, oh, did you see what happened uh, to, to Trayvon Martin? Oh, that's a shame, then go about their day. But now, that everybody's home, and it's like on everything, they're at least aware of what's going on, and now they can actually what happened out in uh, um, San Francisco? They're like de, um, they're uh, changing. They're like taking away the cops or whatever out there. I don't know if yeah, they defunded the police. I think there's some police forces like New York and LA and a few others that actually they're, get they're too. more more than countries' armies. So they're just taking like half of the hundreds of millions of dollars and putting it into those communities to create jobs instead of giving it to the police to have like armies army weapons and... oh, okay oh, they're trying to like completely destroy the police system out there that was which i was like whoa that's the difference so yeah please don't take away the police keep the police yeah, we, we need some sort of order at the end of the day <laughs> but fairness and order as well but um where i'm getting at is that um yeah no with again the positivity the fact that there's so much media coverage on this more than anything ever more than the civil rights movement right now, like to give everybody, like now everybody can actually see what's going on, which is a great awareness to see, right? So. Sure. Because I have many friends who came at me, like that I haven't talked to in a while that wanted to like figure out like, how can I get back to everything? Like, okay, well, don't give it to charities, just give back to the businesses. I'll help out a lot more than just a little Band-Aid fix. Do like the proper fix, like help out the small businesses, they'll help out 
because you'll get word of mouth and you'll spread your business, which will go a long way than just giving to some charity and feel good for a minute. So, agreed. I agree with that. Like, there's no point in let's let's not start building basketball courts in every neighborhood. That needs no, to stop. No, no, no. Like, give give to education, provide jobs. Jobs and education will change anything instead of just building basketball courts. And I'm not saying a basketball court's not nice or a recording studio is not nice, but it only helps people that are into basketball or into recording. While if you just offer jobs in that community for the parents and you offer better education for the kids, you now change a whole generation. That's true. Which is what's happening, which is happening right now with all the media coverage, right? All these kids now are going to have like hopefully different views on the situation where like, why was mommy and daddy treating this person badly? And then they're realizing, huh, maybe should they just treat them like an equal instead of separately? So let's just hope for that happen with this upcoming generation. So. I'm, I'm hoping. I always say that, like, when I was younger, I used to always think that, like, nah, this generation is a bit better than the older generation. But then you realize it's, it's unlearning, man. And we talk about this in other episodes, but it's just like, I feel like people need to unlearn before they have kids. The same way how I said a lot of black people need to unlearn the things that they were taught because it's ignorant, like the light skin, dark skin, good hair, bad hair, all of those complexes, like the idea of blackness versus the idea of not being black. Unlearn that before you have kids is the same way how I think like a lot of white people just need to unlearn like these microaggressions, these racist thought, just unlearn it before you have kids. So that way you don't pass it down, right? Because it's racism, something that's taught. It's taught. And it's not something that every white person has. It is something that some white people have, right? And if those white people are in positions of power, then they can oppress others. So you just have to unlearn that. Well, guys, uh, before we jump into our main topic, I wanted to open the floor to Will and Jada. To be honest, I didn't really want to dig too deep into this, but... You will, like you will, hard. you will though. I will, I will. It's hard <laughs> to deny it. It's hard to deny it. Okay, so to give everybody a recap, Will and Jada, power couple, you know them. You know Jada, notably from a different world, and set it off. You know Will from Men in Black, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the list goes on and on and on, right? Uh, will, sorry, Jada decided to start her red table talk with her mom and her younger daughter, where they give opinions on love, relationships, and other people's business. You know what I mean? When Snoop Dogg decided that he wanted to curse off Gail King for what she did to Kobe, he had to come on Red Table Talk to apologize. It's become the platform for every celebrity or black celebrity to come on and apologize and talk about politics, race, whatever it is. Um, The lead girl in Grey's Anatomy who plays Meredith, she came on there and talked about her relationship being interracial and how it was hard on her for her family coming from Boston. I get that. So it's been that platform, right? It's been that platform. Now, of course, when something happens to Jada, naturally, people are going to be like, why aren't you talking about your own stuff? So Jada actually had August Alsina, who's uh, R&B star. He, he, he's, he's, part of, he's part of the gangster R&B generation. You know what I mean? And she had August Alsina on an episode before because it seems like he was introduced to the family through Jaden. So we kind of got to put some blame on Jaden for this. Mm-hmm. So... August Alsina decided to interview with Angela Yee. I couldn't take in the whole interview. I honestly couldn't, bro. I took it. I took it. I took in. I took in a large majority of it, and I took in the spot where he talked about Jada. So he only talked about Jada for like fifteen minutes, right? The interview was like an hour and a half long. He was mainly talking about how he has a crippling immune condition, where it makes him tired. Uh, if it goes bad, he can lose his sight for weeks at a time. 
He can lose ability for his legs and his arms and his fingers. As I said, it makes him tired. It makes him delirious. His uh, father had it and passed away. His older brother died of a, of, a, of a murder in New Orleans. And his mother has it and he has it. So it's something that he's dealt with his entire life. It's affected him, right? He's had, there's videos of him like falling off stage and collapsing during performances. So this is pretty notable that he has it. Now, during that time, he was asked what helped him cope with it. He said his relationship with Jada. He just came right out the bag. I think Angelique kind of provoked it a little bit and said, what's up with you and Jada? We see pictures of you guys together all over the internet on vacation alone, on resorts alone. And they wanted questions, right? So that's when this guy comes out and just basically spills his guts. Says that he met Jada through Jaden. They had a sexual relationship. He asked Will for the go-ahead to do it. So Will, Will said it was okay. Uh, he had a relationship with her for four years where he was hitting it and she was hitting him and whatever the case was. They went on vacations. They went away for weekends, did this, 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 this. Then they decided to break it up after three years. And he was showing the text messages and some song that he did. This is why you don't deal with young petty niggas. And he was showing the text messages of Jada saying, well, you have other girls. And I'm like, Jada, like, Jada, you can't be mad at a man that is fucking other woman when you have a whole, a whole husband at home with whole kids. But I rest my case. I digress off this. So long story short, this continued down the line even more. And he decided to just snitch on Jada and expose the whole thing and go off about it and kind of created a whole clusterfuck on Twitter, right? Everyone's asking Jada, what's up? Then yesterday, Jada drops the red table talk where Will is up there with his red eyes, like right out of the last scene of Pursuit of Happiness. The man looked like he'd been crying all weekend. And he comes on there and Jada basically said that at that time, her and Will broke up for a little bit for three years. And that was at the time conveniently where August was hitting it. And then uh, she basically says, right with Will at the red table, that basically like at that time, I haven't had somebody make me feel good in so long. And I'm like, bro. She actually like, said so long a few times. She said, I just did not feel good for so long. Like so long. And she doesn't like that. Whoa. To emphasize that she was miserable. saying, Will, Will, Will dick is trash. Or Will is trash. Whatever one. It might, might not have to do with his dick. Might be the whole emotional. Wow. Oh. But you told me in the cookie wrong, though. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> And Will, and Will just had to sit there. And Will just had to take it. Will just had to take it. And then Will turned around and tried to make a joke. And he was just like, well, well, I'm going to get my revenge. And then she basically said, well, Will, you've done your stuff too. And then they tried to laugh about it and play it off. Mind you, the reason why it's bad is because Jada literally had a successful show on Facebook of all platforms that everybody watched for the past two years where she literally judged everybody else's relationship. So the irony of it is sweet. Now, I said this opinion on the last time. This is basically my opinion. I'm going to give it, then I'm going to leave the floor for the bullshit, okay? My opinion is this. Will and Jada are in their 50s, right? Got to be in their 50s, right? We've all been young. When we were, when we were in our 20s, all of us, right? Because none of us are in our 20s now. When we were in our 20s back in the day, and we had a friends with benefits, right? because sometimes we came out of a relationship, we didn't want another one. We laid down and structured the rules for the person. Hopefully if none of us was fuckboys, we didn't lead them along. 
or, or fuck girls. The person literally would then come along and agree and say, yes, I want to do this, or yes, I don't want to do this. Now, the moment that that person turned around, whether it was a week, a month, whatever, and said, oh, how do you think it would be if we dated? How do you think it would be if this happened? What do you think? What if I was your person? What if we dated? Immediately, we knew that this wasn't going to work because the person is already catching emotions. And that was the moment where we had to choose between either dropping it or carrying it along and dragging it through the mud. And then we learned how that ends up because when you drag it through the mud after that, then, then you want to turn around and be like, well, I told you what it was, but you also knew the motherfucker was crazy from week three. And now it's month three, right? So it's two ends of the thing. So the way I'm looking at, at Jada is, Jada, you ain't no spring chicken. You've grown. If you and Will have this relationship, and it's either, it's either her and Will fell out of love a long time ago, and they decided to stay together for the kids and the money, because their relationship is money, right? It's either that, or it's either the fact that they truly have an open relationship. Either situation you guys both have, right? you should know the type of person to bring into this. Obviously, Will's been doing this for years. I'm pretty sure you guys aren't fucking everyday people because they'd be asking for money. So obviously, anybody Will brought into this was structured enough because we haven't heard shit about it. So it's all about who you pick. So you picked a man who has a crippling disease that he's dying from day in, day out. And she said that was the reason why she chose him because she wanted a project. And I was just like, but bro, you can't like... The way this guy blew up and started crying, and the man said he hasn't had sex since Jada. He hasn't had sex in three years. This is a man that has millions of dollars and is a known R&B star, Lexi Sexy. Hasn't had sex in three years, right? So whatever Jada put on him and Tupac, Jesus Christ. Now, I will say this. You're telling me that this can't be the first blow up. The man has shown text messages of you and him arguing about it. I'm pretty sure August Alcina, within the first few times, leaned over and said, what if it was me and you and not me and Will? What if me and you ran away together? What if me and you decided to have kids? From that point, knowing that you have <clears throat> family, kids, everything, you should have cut that off, bro. Second of all, I understand you probably just told the family, I'm going away to film something and Will does the same thing and that's when you guys do your cheating. But why are you guys even on islands that you can be recorded on going on vacation together? Like you just, you, you gotta move smart. Cause I've never seen Will with any picture of no girl. And I'm pretty sure he's booking hotels and going to probably private places where you can't get, can't get no paparazzi, right? Everybody else is rich and close their mouth. I just, I don't understand why the slippery slope. And you pick somebody that was obviously full of emotion and lo and behold, three years later, the man decided to run all the receipts. And in the beginning I was roasting August Alcina. I'm not gonna lie. The only thing that made me start getting at Jada was I think, I think DM, I think it was you that gave me this perspective actually. And it's the perspective of imagine if Will Smith at 50 something years old decided to get a 25 year old woman who was an actress or an R and B singer and Jada gave permission and he was flinging her up over the course of four years. This woman also had a life threatening disease where she was dying and she was losing her sight her mobility she was delirious half the time and it was crippling her and she came out and talked about her disease and talked about how she feels like will did her wrong and jada did her wrong will would be done will would be getting me too right now we'd be canceling everything from fresh prince of bel-air to uh, pursuit of happiness it would be a wrap 
So when I look at it from that standpoint, I was like, yeah, I'm not mad at people being mad at Jada and giving her that work, but you guys can speak about it. Go ahead, guys. All right. <sighs> so, Wait, Daniel, before you go, one thing. Yeah. The Red Table talk part that you mentioned, when Jada says that, you know, she did whatever and that Will could get back, Will actually does say, oh, no, I did get back at you. That's what he said. Yeah. He actually lets you know straight up that he did shit to get back at Jada for what was going on. Now you can go. <laughs> but the thing is, though, there's a Red Table Talk where August Alcina is on it, and this is Red Table Talk's only been on for the past two years, so they have to be cool with him after this. Yeah. All right. So last week when I was when, when I when I hopped on 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 your pod, uh, I was in regards to the situation. I was saying how there's equal blame to go around between Jada and and August. After seeing this interview. I'm sorry. Most of that blame is going to Jada now. I'm sorry. Listen, she knew exactly what she was doing. All right. And when you are basically signing on to be somebody's therapist, <laughs> you have to be their therapist and therapist only. Cause now you're getting into a situation where they are confiding to you with their innermost thoughts and feelings. And you are preying on that for your own benefits so that you can feel so good. But now you are basically playing with your emotions and making them think that what you have can be much more. And for her to do that and for her to be a 48-year-old woman who's been through the ringer when it comes to relationships, she should know better, especially when you are in a position where you are basically mentoring and counseling other women on how to deal with their relationship, which to me is a big, huge contradiction of what you do because of this whole situation that transpired. And on top of that, to add insult to injury, to define the whole, you know, I don't even know if you want to call it a fair, but the whole sexual relationship with August Alsina as an entanglement completely undermines everything that August went through personally as a human being with this de degenerative disorder with his mental health issues and basically her pumping these ideas into his head that he's so much more than what he is. This girl, or sorry, this woman once said to him on her own show that he fills in a gap that used to be filled in by Tupac. So essentially you are comparing the man to one of the greatest icons, arguably the greatest icon that ever lived in hip hop. And you already know how people get when you compare somebody to Tupac. Like, They'll get gassed up, like they'll, they'll feel it all in their chest and everything like that. And so, like going back to this, it's like Justin, you and I've had these talks before. There are certain black women, not all, but certain black women that love projects. They love to have a build a bear nigga. They love to take a nigga who has like next to nothing, and they say to themselves, "I can change you. I can mold you into my image." And they do that, they, they build them up, they mold them into the image that they see fit. And for, if for whatever reason that guy decides to bail or bounce or whatever the case may be, then all of a sudden niggas ain't shit or all men are trash. All because of the fact that you did not know how to basically control the stray dog that you took into your own kennel. It's either that or if the man wants so much more than what you're already giving him, then all of a sudden, oh, he's thirsty. Oh, he doesn't let me breathe. He's always all up under me and then cuts it off with him. So I think Jada fits into the latter rather than the former. But nonetheless, her actions are inexcusable. 
I get it. August, he shouldn't be talking to a girl that's already either married or according to her in that situation, they were separated. But even then, that's not the situation that you want to get into because the shallow waters ironically run deep in that regard. But for Jada, knowing what her own situation is, in addition to what his situation is with his health, with his mental capacity and what have you, and knowing the fact that you took full advantage of somebody who was wounded and somebody who was basically endangered, you took full advantage of the control and the power that you know for a fact that you had and can only exude onto somebody who was in that particular state of mind. And for what reason? For some sort of vindication or retribution of what someone may have done to you in the past or what Will was doing while he was enjoying his side of separation? No, you're selfish for that. So I'm sorry, but she ain't shit, and she should get that same cancel energy and Me Too movement energy as any other dude that we've been condemning for the longest time. Damn. Fuck her. You took it to... Damn! You took it to Jada's soul. Okay. Uh, Tweety, how, how do you feel? Oh, God damn, <laughs> Daniel, you went in deep, man, especially the kettle fan. Holy crap. I thought I went light. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the kettle well, thing happened. The kettle. Oh, the kettle. Like, mm. <laughs> my, thing, my, my thing is the simplest solution is like the moment that there was some unhappiness, you know, do whatever the therapy you need. If it didn't work, separate, do your little business and get back together again. Don't stay together with this weird loophole with your open relationship just cut it off for a minute if she needs to figure herself out jada do your thing and then come back not have this how old is august you know, 27 i think 27 27 he's, he's around the same age as will smith's first son oh sweet god trey oh <laughs> yeah he's on the same age as trey like why, why would you put yourself through that and your family through that because later down the road this is going to come up like as well. just why didn't at the beginning of this, if she was so unhappy, why didn't they just and proven that they're such a power couple that they can rise above everything? And now this comes up like so you should have just separated her for a while, figure yourself out, and then come back together. Why put yourself through this through Will, through your kids, through your fans, everybody, and being the biggest hypocrite during this red table talk by trying to help all these people, even though you're doing it? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. This is an example of when ego, and I'm not saying it's just Jada. I think the ego of Will Smith and Jada led them to believe that they could sweep this under the rug, that, that they could clean this up, that they could also continue a show and talk about this. A lot of rich people, a lot of people who are powerful have an ego about themselves. Like, like right now we're watching the Jeffrey Epstein shit. Well, we watched it, actually finished it. And I'm like, yo, this man got caught because of his ego. This, yo, throughout the whole entire thing, it's basically Jeffrey Epstein be, being the money manager for other rich, powerful people, whether it's Bill Clinton, Prince Charles, rich, powerful people. And he basically has a couple places, his own island, and him and his wife will get these underage girls in Florida, New York. His girlfriend, they weren't married. Yeah, him and his girlfriend, sorry, will get these underage girls in Florida, New York, and they'll bring them over to their place, which is basically a concubine. And they'll basically have these girls massage him, and that's the way they get them over there. I have a man you can massage. He's a philanthropist. He'll pay you hundreds of dollars. And then they massage the man. The man turns around, and he either rapes them or he offers them more money, and they do whatever it is. But then he would just let these girls walk free. Like, he would bring them over to this island that he had, um, one of the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
he and, lived on his own island and had like his own airstrip and all that kind of stuff. And Bill Clinton was there. Prince, 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 Prince Charles, Prince Charles, right? Andrew, his brother. Prince Andrew was there. Like, no other people were there. And these girls would literally have sex with all of them, run a whole battery thing. And then he would just let the girls go. Mind you, mind you, mind you. I'm not saying you should have killed the girls. But what I am saying is his ego was so high that he believed that even if these girls complained, nothing would happen. There's been girls coming out and complaining since the 90s, and he's beat every single case. So when girls keep coming out and complaining and dropping very powerful names, Donald Trump was there, he just thinks he can beat it. And it wasn't until the Me Too movement started where all these girls came together and complained again that put him in jail, and then he decided to kill himself or people, the powers that be killed and whatever it was, because they didn't want their names exposed. But it's just like, I think with Will and Jada, it's, it's a premise of ego. It's ego, man. It's just like, we are so egotistical that we think that we can survive this. We think that it will be okay until August Alcina burst that bubble. I do think that August Alcina is, and I'm not dissing August Alcina, but like August Alcina is very petty. He knew what he was getting himself into. He should have just walked away from the relationship, which he did, but he should have not have said anything. Because if you're saying Will Smith gave you his, his word to go ahead and F Jada, then why are you coming out three years later and exposing him, right? He's, he's, he's kind of a bitch-ass nigga, I'm not going to lie. It is what it is. But at the same time, you chose the wrong guy. Jada sort of chose somebody around her age, much more mature, a guy that realizes different things in life. He's not going to fall in love. He's been through it already. He knows what he's there for and done. Instead of choosing August Alcina and making him fall in love with you. Well, a couple of things to add to that. I think she chose a younger guy in general because, like, a man's sexual peak is somewhere in between like his late twenties to early thirties, and like there's more of a drive, like the the libido is much more stronger. That's Whereas true. for a woman, like her sexual drive is like at its peak within like her like late forties or mid forties, whatever the case may be. So she probably wants someone a bit younger to give her that much more of a thrill or excitement or whatever. With all that said, with all that said, I, this just goes to show and goes to prove that black love is nothing more than the hashtag, and oh, like wow. when they're no, 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 hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Like, I'm not, like, when I say that, I'm not against the idea of a black person dating another black person. I'm not against that at all. Obviously not. But the fact that people love to use this as a hashtag and they, let, and they love to prop up certain cu couples, whether it's Will and Jada or Jay and Beyonce or Swiss Beats and Alicia, yeah, they're together, but you're only praising it because of the fact that they're, they're black celebrities. Like, you're not going to give that same energy to a random couple that, that happens to be both black and, and they're not celebrities or the case may be. You're only doing that because of the fact that they have celebrity star power and you're trying to attain some sort of quote unquote relationship goals that you believe um, that you believe that they are living up to all because you only see their highlights. You don't see their lowlights. You don't see what happens behind the scenes. But because of that, because you're only seeing the highlight reel, you are, you are choosing to patent that as quote unquote black love. I agree and, with you. I agree with you. and at the end of the day, it's nothing more than the trendy hashtag. That's all it is. That's all it's ever been as far as I I'm concerned. Because nobody is screaming out hashtag black love before that was even a thing. No, people were only screaming it out because it was a hashtag and it related to their favorite celebrity. But it just goes to show that celebrity people go through their own shit. Sometimes it's a bit more reckless than what regular people go through. Sometimes it's less. Yeah, but, but either way, it's nothing more than than a viral construct. That's all it is. And this should be, this should 
take. This should let people, this should remind people that that's all it can be. We've already seen the fallout with JMB. We've already seen, you know, in the past, not necessarily the fallout between Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys, but how it got to that point with Mashonda, for example. And now we're seeing this with Will and Jada, the couple that we all thought was untouchable or perfect or as close to perfect as possible. This should let people know that you shouldn't base your expectations or what your viewpoints on reality are based on the highlight reels that you see of celebrities. You know what it is? No, I completely agree with you. Barack and Michelle, the only one left. I, yeah. I, I will say this though, like, I agree with you. I think what I hate, and I know this is a cultural thing, right? Mainly in the US culture, but the US black culture spreads all, all throughout the diaspora. But what I think is, I hate the fact that everything that we need to do as a people has to be marketed with some sort of swag and style. So the fact that we have to do a hashtag black love to have black love is like, what? Like, do we have to do a hashtag, like go to school? Like, it's just like, it's <laughs> shit, right? That shit annoys me. But I, um, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It happened to Will and Jada. Everybody puts their cards in a basket and idolizes these couples. Now, mind you, people idolize celebrity couples all the time, but I see what you're saying about black culture just idolizing like main core celebrity couples to the point where like it becomes trivial right because these people have their own lives and as you said they get into much more fuckery because they have more money right and no i agree with you i like i think that honestly if if you love is love right and i we've said this before in the old interracial dating one love is love and if you are able to find anybody that you can fall in love with then love that person until you can't anymore right I think if you are black and you are able to find another black person who you guys have similarities and you guys have the same, the same beliefs and the same, how should I say this? Well, the same beliefs and this is this, 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 the same point of views basically. Right. And you guys are able to find love within yourselves, then love each other. I don't think you have to hashtag it black love. And I agree with you. A lot of times the hashtag black love is just two black people putting on expensive outfits or African print taking a picture and then hashtagging it. And then five minutes later, they're arguing. And then you go on, you go on Instagram the next week and they're not together no more. And it's just like, it's all just for show, right? But the thing is though, if you're putting this much effort into the show, put this much effort into your actual relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, nah, I, I definitely agree. This is actually a good segue into our next topic, but Brittany, you have anything to say on uh, the Jada and, uh, and Will there? The entanglement as you will. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jada was stupid in the decision that she made. I don't think she. I don't think that it was well thought out on her end at all. Okay. She just ended it. Just have yeah. some separation. That's, like, like, that's the easiest. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't. I don't. I don't think that by. I don't think that by having. I, I always. If you're gonna. If you're famous, having an open relationship and denying it for years is one thing. Until that one person steps out, who was a part of your open relationship, is like, hey, I've been sleeping with his wife. Because then what do you do? At first, the first statement that came out from Jada was that what August said was false. So then she sends out a cryptic tweet, like what, like a few days later, saying that like, oh, you know, it's time for whatever, for healing to happen. The video that she did with Will was 12 minutes and 52 seconds. That is one of the shortest Red Table Talks. Because I've watched most of them. Most of them are anywhere between 30 to 40 minutes, depending on who's the guest, who the guest is, or it's broken up into segments, like with T.I. and what is his wife name, Tiny? Ugh. But, <laughs> oh. All I can think of, it's not bad. You look like a like, gerbil. Right? It's just weird. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, you're going to tell me that you're apparently 
healing and discussing <laughs> for the whole 12 right. minutes and 52 seconds with the majority of the, the bulk of that is Will and Jada making jokes about it. Mm. They even yeah. took the, uh, the line from Bad Boys. Oh yeah, we ride together, we die together. Bad, they said bad stuff. They didn't say bad voice. They said something bad marriage. Something marriage for life. Yeah. So yeah, it's bad like, life. they took the bad oh. line and like, I can't remember what they said for the life of me, but I know that they said marriage for life at the end of it because it was the yeah. tagline. He looks destroyed, bro. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, I think that you, I think that you made a bad decision. I don't think that you actually thought it through. For you to put such an emphasis and say that you have been like pretty much unhappy and miserable for so, so, so long. Like that's what she that's how she says it. Doesn't that mean that maybe you should talk to your husband? Isn't that maybe something that you guys should actually yeah. discuss about why you're unhappy? Isn't yes. something that you should actually bring to light instead of sitting there and being like, you know what, honey, we're gonna separate. I'm gonna go gallivant with this 27-year-old. You can do whatever you want. And then when I'm like happy again, I'll come back. That doesn't make any sense to I, me. I like this one line that Will Smith said on their show where he basically said that, like, I'm not in charge of your happiness. Like, you have to be happy on your own, and then we can be happy together. I agree with that, because I, if you're with somebody who's not happy, you're yeah. not in charge of their happiness. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, I, I agree with that part. I just don't agree with the fact that she had to go and have a project and be like, oh, my God, you're going to die? Well, guess what? I'm Jada. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I can rebuild you. I have another technology. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for Will Smith because I know that in the future, every comedy special, every yeah. like it's it's gonna go like obviously like Martin Lawrence and his dear friends are not gonna say something, but like everyone else, yeah, there's there's people who have comedy specials up. If they don't comment on this, like Will's, it's it's. Well, you know what? I don't think it will be too bad because I didn't really, maybe maybe I was ignorant to it, but I didn't hear too many comedians' comments on the Jay-Z Beyonce situation because they, they were true. like a power couple in, in that aspect. True. true. So he might get away with it. You never know. Yeah, um, I, I do think it depends. He might be at a level of black celebrity, like the A-list, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, where people are just like, it's not worth it. Yeah. While if it's like Flavor Flav and somebody or something. Oh, like all day. And on top of that, like, Will Smith is a really likable person on top of that. So I don't really see, like, a whole lot of people wanting to take shots at him because a lot of these comedians and entertainers who have come up looked up to Will, whether they were actors or comedians, whatever the case may be. So they don't want to really give Will that smoke. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's too nice of a person for them to want to give it to. Like, if he was much more of an easier target, like, I don't know, like, DJ Academics or something like that, for example, then everyone would have a field day. But it, this is Will Smith we're talking about. Like, Will Smith is, like, a lot of people were raised under Will Smith, so they don't right. want to hear right. disrespects. Right. I also don't think anyone's really going to come after Jada because she's his wife. Because even online on Twitter, people are done talking about her. Mm -hmm. As cool. soon as it was came out, oh my God, did, 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 all this massive stuff, Red Table Talk, dead. There hasn't been anything about Jada on Twitter or any type of social media except for the funny memes that people are putting up, but no one's actually talking about it anymore. The only thing left is for August to come in and be like, Jada ain't shit. And <laughs> left, to be honest. I, I'll say this, man. Just touching on what you were saying there, Brittany. It's just like, outside of Will and Jada, because we can all look at famous people and judge this, but yeah. like, this is exactly what me and you talked about in the first episode we had about interracial dating and just dating in general, where it's like, a lot of people are miserable because a lot of people in society, even though it's still 2020, a lot of people still marry for money. 
Daniel, we went to school with girls who literally went to school to get a man. They went to school to get a degree, to go back to their cultural parents and get a man. A lot of people marry for culture. Their parents tell them, you have to marry this person, da 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 da, and their parents will disown them. A lot of people marry for religion or culture and religion as a combination. If you don't marry somebody literally down to this, we will disown you, right? And a lot of people marry for race. You have to marry this race. It just, it's whatever the case is. And at the end of the day, their parents are going to die. And they're the ones that are going to be 40 years old, miserable in a home with someone that they have nothing in common with, that they can't talk to, that they actually detest, right? And this is why I always tell people, like, I have no issue with interracial dating. I have no issue with dating anybody you want to. Love is love, right? And I know a lot of the times in the Black community, there's always this negative view of interracial dating, especially when the male does it. And the context is if a black male interracial dates, then all of a sudden he doesn't love his mother, he doesn't love his culture, he doesn't love his people, he just wants to get above. But if a black woman interracial dates, the concept is some black man did her wrong and she's being saved, somebody's saving her. Like I think the worst was when Meghan Markle, who most black women didn't even know Meghan Markle was black, got married to, to the prince. And all of a sudden there was girls like, look, we can show our daughters that we can become princesses. I'm like, dog, there's current princesses all throughout Africa, different kingdoms that y'all don't acknowledge, but y'all want to acknowledge this. And then I was just like, if this was a black man that married into the royal family, it would have been he's marrying into colonization and slavery. And I was just like, I know the narrative changes by gender, but I always say this, man, when it comes to people interracial dating, I've never interracial dated, uh, but I will say that I don't have an issue with it because I've seen throughout my life that it's, I think there's always this negative view that everybody who interracial dates is doing it because they want lighter skinned kids or because, or because they want to jump on to the white person's wealth or, or because of all these things. And I'm not saying these, these things don't happen. Of course, there's always a segment of ignorant people that will interracial date for lighter skinned kids or this or this or to get ahead. That segment will always exist. But I think the majority of people who interracial date, it's mainly because like I said in the first episode, there's this thing that Black culture has that confines who you are supposed to be, what music you're supposed to like, what shows you're supposed to watch, what interests you're supposed to have, how you're supposed to dress. And I think in every neighborhood, in every environment, there are people that don't fit that narrative because it's not them. And they don't want to assimilate into that narrative because it's not them. And those people grow up and sometimes they get marginalized by their own people, called terms like whitewash and things of this sort. But at the end of the day, these people need love and they eventually go off. And a lot of times this is our best and brightest because at a young age, intelligence is also not seen as black. So this ends up being our best and brightest. And they go off to university, they go off to college, they eventually have to find love. And when they date somebody from a different culture, those expectations culturally are no longer there. They can actually be themselves. They don't have to be a caricature of their race, right? Which is the ironic part of the whole thing. And those people end up finding love. And because we do this to our best and brightest, it's our best and brightest, male and female, that end up interracial dating. But it's not for negative reasons. It's because you never claimed them. You never allowed them to claim their version of their own blackness, right? So I think that delves into it. But this is interracial dating part two. I have some great stories. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to tell them. I have great stories. I actually want to start this off with Tweety. I had a feeling. <laughs> I want to start this off. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Well, all right. 
I got two stories. I'll start with one that Daniel was going about. That work with you? Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you work? Okay. So, just the feedback with you were saying about like um, the interracial date for either status or one letter skinned kids. Luckily, with my mom, love my mama to death. She never instilled that in me. She just said, "Woman is woman, no matter what color the skin are," and that resonated with me. Like, okay, that makes sense. Like every woman's the same, no matter what color the skin is. Maybe the culture may be different, but at the end, the same, still the same, right? So, whenever I pursued a relationship, I never, ever really looked at color. Just kind of like, to me, I will date any woman, regardless of color skin. She could be Klingon, for all I care. You know what I mean? Like literally Klingon. Yes, I'm bringing a Star Trek reference. In I love it. <laughs> but I love, I love a woman, big, small, tall. Don't matter to me. It don't, don't really care to me. I just like them, regardless of what. If you like them, you like them. Exactly, exactly. I like them for them. I like them because I like their personality or something that draws me to them. So, anyway, so my first story. Um, ugh, it was like 20, 25. I met this one girl. I used to work at the uh, residence in Conestoga uh, College in Kitchener. I met this one girl who lived out just outside London, and we connected really well. Like, we got along, we made each other laugh. We were, we saw each other, like she drove up to me, I drove to see her, and we just really clicked. So she was like, I want you to meet my parents. So I'm like, sure, cool, I'm down with that. So a couple days before, I was going to go to meet her parents. This was on the Thursday. And I called her up and she was like, oh, I'm so excited for you to, you know, come down and everything. Like, oh, no, I am too. I'm, I'm down with that. And then she's like, oh, my dad wants to talk to her. All right, cool. So I talked to her down the phone. Dad was so excited to like talk to me. He's like, oh, you know, my daughter's telling me so many great things about you. I can't wait for you. She was a white girl. Let's just clear that up right now. So everybody knows. And Daniel, I don't know why you're doing the, the Mr. Burns there. <laughs> so. Um, I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So me and the dad have a conversation. And he's excited because he's like, oh, I can't wait for you to come down. Like, we're going to do a little, we're going to do a little, uh, Shooting at the gun range, we go ATV, we'll watch some NASCAR. Like, I don't really watch those things or do those, but I'm always down for the experience. Damn, that's so a gun I, range, all that. That's what I'm saying. He's fun as shit. Yeah. All I ever so, got was a dinner. I know he was. He was very, very, very warm to me, like for me to come through, right? So I was all right, sir. You know I'm ready. You know I'm down. I'll be there Saturday. We'll have a good time. So, again, my name is Earl. Right there, you already assume one thing. So I drive down there, me and her meet up, we kiss at the door, we go into the kitchen. She's like, oh, mom, this is Earl. And the mom literally looked like she was, she was in the kitchen and she was just like. And I shook, I was like, hello, nice to meet you, ma'am. She's just like shocked about what's going on. And as she looked like she was about to call her husband and said, like, whoa, don't come here. You hear the dad go like, is Earl here? And she, and she, and the girl I was dating, she was like, yeah, Earl's here, Daddy. Man runs down the stairs like his Christmas day. He's so excited. <laughs> like, and I just hear him coming down the stairs, come to the kitchen, looking around. He's like, <laughs> and, and then he's zero in. And she's like, Daddy, this is Earl. He's zero in on me. And I'm like, hey, sir. We, we talked to him on the phone. Like, My name's Earl. It's nice to meet you. And he went from, I'm excited to finally get those new Jordans to open the box and realize it's cold. Like literally, come on, like, 
Walks, walks, walks right by me. Wow. Goes in the cabinet, grabs a knife, and says, and I quote, I don't want my daughter dating a nigger. <laughs> I was like, and she started getting super upset. The mom was holding her back. He was like, get out of my house, get out of my house. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go that way. And then me and her had the conversation. She was like, oh, my God, I had never had no idea. Like, she had to have known. Come on, bro. And again, this is what she's telling me, right? So wow. she's like, I had I had no idea my parents were like that. Like, I, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe should have warned them. But, you know, my name doesn't give off one thing. You know what I mean? It gives off one thing, and you see the other thing. You know what I mean? That's an so, intense story. That's like, that's like a, let's, get, let's get the good old boys and rope him up type of shit. Yeah, Were you man. scared? Huh? Were you scared when he pulled? Oh the- yeah, I got out. I, I was like, oh, forget this. <laughs> oh my god! But even though it didn't, even though it, even at the end of the day, it didn't work out. Um, for like a while, it 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 really dawned on me. It's like, really, this is the reason why me and her couldn't be together because of this little my skin color. Like, are you serious? So this this was not pussy that you would have died for. Uh no. <laughs> not at that time anyway now a different story <laughs> then i'll be like ah i don't know this this doesn't seem good but um just the just the just the yeah. the introduction of how that all happened i was like yeah clearly he uh he is not accepting of, uh, of this relationship so but um yeah and for a while it affected me I'm like do i really want to continue to date interracially do i really want to go through this it took a it took like about six months for me to be like, not everybody's like this. It's just a small group of people who have maybe never had many interactions or just never really got to know one because of media's ruined it for them or one bad experience ruined it for them, right? So. Yeah, all they all they think that Blackie Blar is when they turn on BT and they see gold mouth and chains and exactly. women dancing and that's all they exactly. think. That's all exactly. They think. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right, Daniel, your turn. Damn, follow that one up. Daniel's like, how do I follow up? <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, I, I guess he's getting me back for the Jada Smith shit, so I... Too shade, my man. The, 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 second one, the second one isn't as bad. as The first one wasn't as bad. The second one oh, bad. my God. The, the knife. Like, he just walked... Damn, the knife. It's the knife that got me. No, fam, it's the fact that he's riding down the stairs like it's Christmas Day. <laughs> like, Earl's here. Like... <laughs> I'm like, all right, this guy's going to give me a big hug. Honey, Earl's here. Let's come down. Like, he was so happy. The excitement was very high for him. Yes. Oh, my God. I would have loved to know that. I would have loved to know that. He created an expectation for himself in the situation where he's going to be. and just. I would have risked my life to see that. I'll say this. Justin, out of all the stories you've told me, I am so thankful that you didn't tell me this one. Because I had to hear it straight from Earl, man. It wouldn't have had the same ring if I didn't otherwise. But, uh, okay, so I, I guess I'll start off basic then. So here's my experience with interracial dating. So I'll start from the root of it all. So I grew up on the west side of the GTA. So I grew up in Hamilton. Both of you did. Oh, Kitchener. Kitchener boy. So Kitchener. Okay, okay. That's what's up. So, yeah, it was like mostly white people. Hey, Mississauga so, probably the sorry, 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 sorry. Are you on, uh, on the mountain of Hamilton or below so I grew up on the, the mountain of Hamilton. Okay. And then I moved to Oakville afterwards and then Mississauga. Okay, so you moved on up like the Jeffersons. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, pretty much, like, Mississauga was probably the only time, like, up until that point in my life thus far where I saw, like, other minorities, but white was still the majority at the end of the day. And basically, all my, like, school crushes were, like, whomever I just thought was pretty. I didn't think about race or anything like that. I was like, oh, she's pretty. I like her. Cool. You know what I mean? Just as you would if you are a kid. So fast forward again to high school now, right? So high school I went to, majority white people. There was more black people that, 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 that I'd ever seen, again, up until that point. But they still made up for the minority of the student body. And this is in Mississauga. And in high school, you know, that's the era when you start to get a bit more social with others and you try to do or get into things that make you fit in and all that stuff. And then when it comes to the black student body, there is no exception to that. So basically hip hop becomes like the pop culture craze and phenomenon that it is and what have you. And we want to emulate everything. So we want to emulate the fashion, the hairstyles, the demeanor, the charisma and all that stuff. So with a lot of the black students in the school, they came across as the stereotypes. So like hyper masculine or hyper this or hyper that and what have you. And like the women were no exception. Like they were in that same hyper category as well. Like very argumentative and very confrontational and what have you a lot of they had a lot of attitude and what have you and like they just personified what they saw in music videos because they thought that that's what it meant to be black or whatever the case may be and as a 14 15 year old you fall into those things right if not one then multiple things in that regard so for me i was not like that i was not like the black male stereotype i was like nice but i was like super nice to the point where like I didn't want to roast anyone because I thought I would like hurt someone's feelings or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to engage in that type of behavior. So for me, it was a matter of, okay, I'm attracted to all types of girls. I know this, but the thing is I actually want to be happy with whomever I'm dating. I just want to be cool sailings, easy breezy, all that good stuff. So my thing was, I don't want to date a black girl because all the black girls I've seen thus far have the attitude and like the, the you try and test me mentality and whatever. Right. Like I didn't want that, but on the flip side, I didn't want to date a white girl either because I didn't want that fear of being judged. So I knew I was going to get that if I was, you know, seen walking around with a white girl. I just, I didn't, I didn't want that smoke. So I was like, shit, like, what the fuck do I do? So I remember like summer of like oh three or whatever. That was like the end of grade nine for me. I ended up meeting this girl um, through like a mutual friend. And we started hanging out, we started talking, and then we eventually started dating. And she happened to be of uh, uh, Hispanic culture. So I think she was from uh, Chile or whatever, right? And at the time, I had never met anyone who was Hispanic before. So she's telling me about her culture. I told her about mine or whatever. And then I thought, hey, you know what? This is like the perfect middle ground. Like, I'm not going to get that attitude that I fear from black women at the time and I'm not going to be judged for dating a white girl so I was like okay cool I guess I'll just date Spanish women then basically so like no one ever called me out for it basically and like that's kind of like that was like my first foray into like dating interracially and then I didn't even date my first black girl until I moved to Brampton and I was like 16 and I think the first black girl that I dated was Jamaican but like by that time I kind of had a bit more of a I don't want to say hardened personality, but I kind of knew how to like roll with the punches, so to speak. And the girl that I was dating at that time, like she wasn't rude. Like she had like a playful sass to her. So like it was sass that I could take because I knew it was joking. I knew it was coming from like a, like a humorous place, whatever. So I didn't really take that into offense, whatever. And then after her, 
I dated a girl who was mixed, actually. So I dated a girl who was half black and half white. And that was an interesting dynamic because around that time, that's when I had a bit more of an Afrocentric phase or whatever. And I guess like, you know, looking back at it, I didn't really understand her struggle as someone who was mixed, someone who was white on one side and black on the other and how she was like trying to make sense of it all. And I guess I wasn't really as empathetic towards her about that, but knowing what I know now, it would have been a completely different story. Um, but um, it is what it is. So that was like my first foray into like interracial dating. And um, I would say like overall, like most of my girlfriends have been black, but I've also noticed that whenever I'm talking to a black girl, trying to court her or whatever the case may be, I've noticed that I've had to work three times harder at the very least than what a non-black man would have to do in order to get her or what a black man who matched a stereotype of blackness or what we perceive to be as blackness uh, would have had to have worked for her. And like, I always felt like it was always this upward hill battle that I've had to fight because I come across as a bit more different than other black guys in comparison. But when I'm talking to girls who aren't black, just non-black ones in general, it's just regular shit. It's like, oh, um, what are you studying in school? Okay, cool. Like, what are your interests? Da, 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 da. Like, just regular shit that you would just converse with with any other woman. But with, with a black woman, for me at least, it's always like, do I match? Do I check off this box? Do I check off this box? This box? This box? So on and so forth. Like, what? Like, do I personify anything that you see in a music video or on in a Tyler Perry movie? No. Okay, on to the next one because that is the perceived level of blackness. And it's like me, I'm. I'm, I have the personality where I can dive in and out of black culture as I please in terms of like the interest and what I watch and what have you. But that's just because it's all part of my general interest at the end of the day. And I think that, you know, a lot of these people, both black men and women, don't realize that blackness isn't one singularity. It's a multitude of different things. It's whatever you make it to be. But a lot of people don't have that mentality. So for me, coming across so many black girls who they may find my personality interesting or they might find me like, you know, physically attractive, whatever the case may be, but because I don't have those things that they view as blackness, you know, to, in, in their perspective, perspective, then it's on to the next one. But for a non-black girl, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go on a date. Yeah. Yeah. We'll split the bill. Yeah. Or no, don't worry. I'll pay. I wouldn't want to invite you. I'll pay for it. No worries. You know? Um, and then to find a black girl who actually has that mentality is a fucking anomaly. And it shouldn't have to be, an anomaly but it is because of the way our culture is constructed so that is what i've gone through as a black man interracially dating my man we have to have a conversation after this separately yes we sound very much alike man thanks yes. for making this marriage work justin <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for it, baby just to co-sign Daniel's point and bring some validity to it because I feel like listen on okay when, whenever whenever black men tell this story and black women often listen to it the first thing they think of here we go another I was the black nerd and black women didn't black women didn't appreciate me concept they already have their mind made up and yeah and I don't think that's what Daniel's trying to say right and like, I'll use myself as an example. I grew up in an area that was predominantly black. I've always lived in areas that were predominantly black. So when I was going to school, it was predominantly black girls. And that's basically what I've dated. I dated one Arab girl. Everybody else was black throughout my life, whether they were African or Caribbean, whatever, right? I'll say this. I myself am not the ultimate stereotype. I'm not. Like, I've the only sport I was ever good at was track. I could run and I could jump high. 
no coordination, not enough to be well at basketball. I was decent at soccer. My brothers were basketball stars. I was decent at soccer, but it was track. 100, 200, 400, cross country, high jump. I killed all of that. I could just jump high and run fast, which is a stereotype. So that, that's my stereotype. But um, outside of that, it's just like, that wasn't always the thing. Like, I wasn't the most rhythm, rhythmly inclined guy. I have a sweet bubble, but I wasn't the most rhythmly inclined man. You know what I mean? My waistline can hold, but in terms oh. of all the instructional shit, nah, right? But it's just like, I think that um, I always managed to get by. Like, I've seen these hurdles. I've, as I told Daniel, I had situations when I got to university because I think when I was in high school, I was, I was, I was a kid. I was, I was easily manipulated. So I presented that image that nobody ever questioned my blackness. But then when I got into university and college and I was in a whole different area of the GTA, I kind of became myself, still dating black girls. And I remember I would have situations where it was like, we would be having a great relationship. And then the moment that I would open up and start exploring things with intellect that had to do with race, politics, sex, whatever it may be, it's like, I felt the pussy dry instantly. I was just like, wow, really? And I felt this happen again and again and again. And then it was so certain times where like, it's like if we weren't talking about very generic stuff, there was no real conversation to be had. And this isn't all black girls, by the way. Like, it, it's vice versa. I would have black girls who were intelligent that we could have these conversations, vice versa. But I think in Daniel's defense, me and Daniel went to school together. And I, I have physically seen situations, because I didn't believe Daniel in the beginning when he told me about this. I have physically seen situations where me and Daniel would be saying the exact same thing to the exact same female. And she, and because I think it's because I have addiction in my voice, but the addiction is where you grow up. If you grow up in Woodbridge, you're going to have addiction that matches Italian culture because it's mostly Italian culture. If you grow up surrounded by mostly black people who are African or Caribbean, you're going to have a certain addiction in your voice. The same way if you grow up in an area that's not white people, right? It is what it is. There's no such thing as talking black or talking, or talking that. So we were literally around the same girl and Daniel literally said the exact same articulate speech about a topic. And it was like, oh, so you only date white girls. Oh, so you're white. And I say the exact same speech. And it's just like, oh, you're such an educated black man. And I was like, well, it's because I have that diction. It's like, it's like that Kevin Hart, Will Smith thing where it's like they're talking articulate, but there's a diction you can hear in the back of the voice, right? And I used to sit there and I used to really analyze it whenever I'd be around Daniel. And I started seeing it more and more and more. And I was just like, oh, this is really ignorant. And then I, so it is a thing that happens. And to be honest, it's not something that only black women do. So that's why I started off with that. This is not a black woman thing. I've seen black men do the same thing. I remember when I first came into Sheridan College, it was in Oakville, which is a majority white city. And I remember within my first year, I met this girl within Sheridan College and we would talk all the time. And one day we we're sitting in the computer lab and she came to me and she said, Justin, um, she goes, can I talk to you about something? And I said, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And she's like, to be honest, she's like, my whole life, I didn't know that black guys like you existed. And she goes, what do you mean? She goes, I didn't know there was black guys that I could like talk about like just, just the cartoons I watch and like the way, the way I'm not a fan of religion and just have these articulate things that are outside of the idea of basically blackness. And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, and then she's like, my whole life, black guys have always called me white and marginalized me. 
And that's why I never related. And I didn't know that black guys like you existed or I could actually have these conversations. And I didn't know black guys existed that would appreciate me for more than just my beauty. But mind you, we're all young. So at this point, everyone's appreciating her for her beauty. But I'm mainly saying the mental thing. And we're going down the path on it. And I literally told her, okay. And then she told me, she's like, I'm dating a white guy right now. We've been dating for two years. But if I knew that black guys like you existed, I would have dated you, would have opened up my mind to it. And I'm just like, yo, I definitely get it. I understand. And she's just like, every black guy that approached me, they, they liked me because of the way I look, open my mouth, and then they treat me like shit. And I didn't know. And I was like, so I get it. So, and I've had more than a, more than a few black girls tell me that, right? So I think it's something that is down the middle. Black men experience it and black women experience it. I don't think like there's, there's a quote unquote black nerd concept for black men and black women. Agreed, agreed. Agreed, man. Especially like what you said about like you never felt like a black guy like one of us. Because a guy like me, man, I watch HGTV, I listen to Celine Dion, I will admit that that's my girl, okay? <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're, they're always surprised. Like, how do you know about them? Because I like a little bit of everything. Like, I'm back, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm burst. I'm just not all about like, yes, I love 106 apart back in the day, but <laughs> I'll watch other things too. You know what I mean? Like, I'll watch anime, I'll watch. The wrong I watch a little bit of everything, you know? But this is the thing, Tweety. You're not the only one. I think Chris Rock said this many, joke. Many. Chris Rock had a joke where he basically said that, like, you can't be liberal or conservative or Republican or, or Democratic, right? He's like, there's some things I'm Republican about, and there's some things I'm Democratic about. Yeah. It just is what it is, right? And I think whatever black person tells you this is all they like, they're lying, bro. Like, especially if you grew up in our era, we all went through that 90s pop era. We're all listening to Hitless. We all we all saw the Spice Girls movie, whether it was on VHS or in theaters. We just stopped lying to ourselves. We woke up early and listened to LFO and Hanson and all that crap. We need to stop lying and we didn't go through this, right? But it's just like, I get to that point where I'm just like, I like people who are eclectic. I want you to have interests in different things. If I want to go eat sushi, I don't want you saying I've never eaten it, so I don't want to eat it. If I like, I want you to be eclectic, especially because like I come from a Caribbean island that's very eclectic as well, right? But not even that. It's like yo, when I first got into college, I dabbled. It started off with Benue and Sound Clash because it was ska. And then that went into like John Mayer. I don't care what no one says, I still like John Mayer. And that went into that went into City and Color, Dallas Green. I still like Dallas Green to this day. That went into Foo Fighters, like I went into Headley a little bit. Like I think everyone should be eclectic. If you're someone that just likes things that are fed to you, because that's what it is, you're liking what's fed to you. Mm-hmm. If you're something who likes everything that's fed to you, then you can be controlled. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I never got because I'm like. You like everything that's fed to you. You absorb everything that's fed to you. You believe everything that's fed to you, whether it's religion, whether it's the way you're supposed to act, the way you're supposed to look. I'm like, you've literally become the person's tool. You're literally the coon. Because you, you know what I mean? You just eat all the food that's fed to your table. You don't want to expand your mind and see what else is out there. And you bring up a good point about the music as well. Because I remember going into, into college as well. Like, I kind of brought in my ear to, like, different sounds and what have you. But, like... What kind of helped out with that is that there are rappers coming up in that era that used to rap over like rock instrumentals or like or they like collaborate with people outside the genre. So like I remember, um, I remember listening to NERD Seeing Sounds album, and like that album was a mixture of like funk and jazz and rock and pop rock, for example. And like it kind of 
there are a few records that kind of had that skater rock vibe from like the early 2000s so like that album kind of helped me broaden my ear for like for like different like uh music whatever to listen to like more often and then i remember uh this uh this rock artist by the name of colin monroe came out around that time yeah and, like he did his own remix of flashing lights and then he started collaborating with like other artists and stuff like that he had a song called will i stay he had his own original version but then he had a remix with wale on it as well so like i was kind of like opening my ear to like other you know like other sounds and what have you so I think like, you know, once you like break out of high school, you get into like your late teens to like early 20s or whatever, you start to realize that there's a bigger world out there. I was like, and going to, I think you mentioned sushi, Justin. Like, I remember I was not a big fan of sushi, just not the taste of it, but just like the idea of eating like raw fish or whatever. But then like, I went to a sushi, like all you can eat sushi place with a few people or whatever. And I'm like, yo, like there's, you can, there's so much you can do with sushi. Like, holy shit. Like you can eat it with like with like teriyaki or like sashimi and like and tempura and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, I did not know that the limits were endless or or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, or the sure. options endless rather. So, so yeah, life experiences in general that kind of shape you out and just help I you widen your horizons. You're, you're talking to Amanda. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna say I think the main thing is that like if you grew up in some backwoods area, I get it. As Tweety said, right? This girl's dad probably has never interacted with somebody black. But if you grow up in a metropolitan area that's supposed to be multicultural, the whole point of growing up in a multicultural area is to culture yourself on other people's culture. That is the whole point. Like I always say the best thing about where I live is like I walk outside and there's a jamaican spot there's a trini spot i can get jerk chicken roti i can go down the block i can get chicken tikka there's an indian spot down the block i can go up the block it's like that's the whole point like there are people who live in areas where there's nothing but hot dogs and hamburgers bro like there's literally nothing exists outside of that so the fact that you live like this you should absorb it take advantage of it i'm in Sudbury right now man i think i <laughs> there's only one caribbean store here <laughs> Oh, yeah. but just to, just kind of what Daniel said about sushi. I'm going to talk to a man who literally they had to bring another chef because I ate so much. So yeah. <laughs> one one thing I'll definitely say is one thing that I've noticed um, during my time of like you know checking out like what else is out there in terms of culture, what have you. Mind you, I haven't been in an, in an actual interracial relationship since high school. It's mostly just been black women that, that I've been in relationships with but I've gone on dates with women of other races and what have you. But one thing I've always noticed, I'll always notice, I never understand why, is like whenever I have these discussions about interracial dating with like with other black women as well, majority of them will always catch feelings, whether it's me or anyone else for that matter, they'll always, not catch feelings, but they'll catch an attitude about you know a black man dating a non-black woman. And it'll be a man that they have no interest in. It's like, why do you care? Like, what? Like, are you are you having sex with me? No. Okay. So then, why do you care? Like, why do you care that this guy that you have no interest in has interest in somebody else? Why is that an issue for you? Like, if there's a black girl out there and she wants to date a white guy, I have like no romantic feelings towards her or anything like that. I'm not gonna care. Like, do you, boo? But like, I always see this, and to me, it's like this. It kind of goes back to this false sense of entitlement. It's like you want this guy to like simp over you, and you know you're not gonna give him anything. But when he goes over to a non-black girl, then you want to be like, no, come back. Come back to the good side. Why don't you like us? What, you don't like me? You wouldn't date me? Well, he would have dated you, but you didn't give him any time of day. So that's why he's dating somebody else. So, like, yeah, the, the false sense of entitlement, it, it always irks me because it's like, why do you care? 
Well, we have we have a black woman in here. I know she doesn't agree with that, but I just want to hear Brittany's perspective on interracial dating. And before we jump, I know you guys got some more stories I want to hear, but Brittany? Well, I've interracial dated before. And to be honest, interracial dating for me was something that just kind of happened because of the fact that I grew, I grew up in a predominantly white area. So that's what happens when you grow up around people who are all white and you go to school with white guys and white girls. It just is what it is. But also, most of the time, white guys used to just think, white guys thought that I was interesting because they were like, oh, Brittany, you're not like other black people. Oh, Brittany, but you don't sound like them. I understand the way that I sound when I talk to people. A lot of the time, if people don't actually see me first, they actually think I'm white. Not to mention my name is Brittany Jordan. So <laughs> they're under the impression that I am a white female until they actually see me. I used to suffer from the fact of like, if I did meet a guy who was black and he used to hear me speak, the first thing he'd say is like, oh, you talk different. And I was like, no, I don't talk different. I just speak like a regular person who grew up in a particular place. That, that's all it is. And then they would call me either, they call me whitewash or say that I was white, especially because the fact that I'm super into anime and comics. And like, I like, I like art. I, I predominantly have always listened to rock music. So <laughs> that's another thing that they're like, oh, so you don't listen to anything else? I'm like, no. To be honest, I've never listened to a full Jay-Z album. I've heard like maybe one or two songs. Don't know anything else. And I half the time have to listen to it more than once since I have a hard time understanding people who rap. <laughs> because I don't listen to it enough. Um, honestly, interracial dating is only, to me, a bad idea when you interracially date because of the fact that you're trying to get a leg up in society. Especially being a female, I think that if you, you feel as if that if you find a white guy, you're like, oh my God, he's my senior. He has this, he has that, he can do this for me. He has all these things. And what's really sad is that I'm a light-skinned black woman. To be honest with you, black people have an expectation for me to interracially date anyway. Because they think that, like, it's what I do. They think it's because of the way that I look at that would be something that's just typical. They also think that I'm a gold digger at that point. And that, you know, all I'm really doing is dating the white guy because the fact that he has something that he can give me that I can't get myself. Yeah. That's not always the thought process. Some people are just like, oh, but she just grew up in a certain place. But the majority of the time, oh, no, she, of course she's going to date a white guy. Look at her. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it used to offend me, but then I became conditioned to just expect that, which I think is actually quite sad because of the fact that I, I, I eventually felt like I was being taught that it didn't matter if I was black or not, it would always be an expectation regardless. And then on the other side is that people always think that I'm stupid. <laughs> so people assume that, oh, you know, she speaks a certain way. She looks a certain way. She probably isn't that intelligent, but at least she's nice to look at. No one ever really likes to hear my that heard concept. Yeah, like most people don't like to hear my opinions or conversations. The white guys that I did date, most of them didn't like to have any form of a conversation with me because they're like, oh, Brittany, you wouldn't really understand. They would probably just, they dismiss what I had to say or dismiss my intelligence entirely. It was almost just like, oh, you're a good little girl. You don't have anything to say. Um, but the one thing that I'm going to pick up on from what Daniel said about the entitlement of when girls get mad, they're getting mad because they don't want you to want anybody else but them, even if they don't want you. <laughs> they're just like, no, 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 sir. I am a black female, you are supposed to like me anyway. Regardless if I don't want you, you should be flattered that I'm even in your presence. Don't you see? 
<laughs> that, 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 that's exactly how it sounds to me when I hear these things. Like it's almost as if they put themselves on a pedestal and you're down here and you're supposed to gaze up at them and be like, oh my God, you are so beautiful. You are so intelligent. You are so smart. And then when you aren't interested because they obviously don't even like you, you go to somebody who dies. That person potentially could be white. They could be Asian. They could be anything. And then they want to get offended and be like, what the hell are you doing? But the flip side is, if they want to go date a white guy, you have to accept that and not say anything. I yeah, think, I think just, just, to add, just to add to what Daniel was saying, I think, I think social media and like black Twitter has like emphasized yeah. this even more because I've noticed within the, like there was always a look usually if a black guy is dating a white woman. But now I've noticed that, yo, if you are dating a light-skinned woman, if you are dating, like, there's so many different levels where I just see black women just online just trashing things. And I'm just like, I, I don't get this. First of all, the majority of successful black men are married to black women, whether that's the NBA, the NFL, or, or w whether that's in comedy or, or being an actor or actress, even whether that's in the regular business world, lawyers, doctors, business owners, whatever. The problem is, is that when you see an interracial couple, it gets put and magnified because it can relate to more than just one people. Jay-Z and Beyonce only relates to black people. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West relates to everybody. So why would I, as a media owner, not put that up? Because it's going to relate to everybody. That's the concept behind it, right? But You're selling yeah, it. No, I, I, exactly. No, but I definitely agree with what both of you are saying. I just, I just think like it's gotten to the point where it's like I see Kendrick Lamar was a dark-skinned black man who was who decided to marry his high school girlfriend from when he was 16 who was light-skinned and when he married her back in like 2009 I think it was or 10 or 11 uh no nah, it's 2015 2015 yes and I remember there was videos of these girls like stepping on his album and burning it like it was a LeBron James jersey and they were living in Cleveland and I was like are you serious and it's just like it's come to the point where remember social media gives everyone a voice right so it's come to the point where it's like, you have to date somebody like me. Because it's like, yo, if the girl's dark-skinned, oh, well, you're only dating her because she's a pretty dark-skinned girl. If the girl's light-skinned, you're only dating her because she's light-skinned. If the girl's slim, how come we don't date no BBWs? If the girl's a BBW, well, it's like, bro, like... This is mainly in celebrity culture. This is celebrity culture. But no, I've seen this, like... Britney, Britney is the first light-skinned girl I ever, like, publicly dated. And I tell her all the time, like, when me and you walk, whether it's Bramley, Yorkdale, we've been to Jada Finch Ball, a few places. Whenever we walk through, like, you know, the looks I get from Black women from the age of, like, 15 to dead could cut glass. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never experienced this before. Usually when I walk in, especially older Black women, they'll look and be like, oh, it's so nice. You have yourself a nice Black gal. Now it's like, Fuck you. I'm halfway and I'm not. Both my parents are black, but people just because of my complexion assume that. And that's why they also hate you because they're not sure. They're like, oh, is she light skinned? Is she also mixed? Is she this? But this is the joke. The joke is we have the same cultural makeup. We both have yeah. light skinned fathers and dark skinned mothers. Yeah. It's just that you turned out light, I turned out darker. Most of my siblings are light-skinned, except for like me and maybe my, 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 my brother who's two years older than me. Everybody else is light-skinned, so it's like, I don't get the concept. I have, I have mixed people in my, sorry, mixed people. I have light-skinned people in my family, so it doesn't really, I just, I, I don't get it. And it's like, I remember me and this girl, story time. So me and this girl went to a funeral. Oh my we God. went to a funeral of my ex-coworker's brother. 
So my ex-coworker, we used to work way back in the day at Kudo Cell Phones in Square One Mall. Her brother passed away, horrible. We went to the funeral way out in like Ajax, I think it was. Yeah, it was far. We go to, we go to the funeral. We're all in the funeral home. Everyone's meeting each other. Everyone's giving my condolences. We don't know nobody but the girl. We, we're walking around with her, meeting everybody, saying, saying, I'm sorry to the grandma, everybody, right? So her cousin, who came back from university, brought her friend with her. So her friend's not even a part of the family. They came up to meet the girl, so they met us too. And she meets me, and I'm like, hey, you know, da-da-da. And I was like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Brittany. She gave Brittany, like, the rudest look, did not shake her hand. And just this girl, th th this girl was a university, so she had to be, like, 21, 22 tops. Didn't even shake her hand. <laughs> and, then looked, and then looked at the both of us and just walked away. And I was like, at a funeral, son? A funeral. Are you forgetting, when she first walked up and she saw Justin, she gave him, like, the once over, like, oh, hi. Then walks up gets introduced and she's giving him the eyes like hi you know you're cute like I'm into it here's that I'm his girlfriend yo the face that this girl literally went from smiling and gazing at him one time drop didn't shake my hand literally glared at me for like the five minutes that we were standing there and then promptly walked off and every time we were like around her like in her eye line if looks could kill I would have dropped dead like that is how much she hated me yeah it would have been a second funeral but this, this is something yeah. that she's been taught, right? That's why I say we need to unlearn. But a funeral, though? I know. <laughs> Yo, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, Yo, did that just happen? I'm pinching Britney. I'm like, did that just happen? She's yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, At a funeral, Simon? At a funeral? Like, you're not yeah. even part of the family or nothing. You're just there to just be there for support. They, really? <clears throat> you're, you're I just wasn't even part of the family either. The funny thing is, like, when I've, like, gone out with women, like, non-black women, for, for example, I've never actually received any of these looks or any of these, like, confrontations or anything like that. Like, maybe I haven't noticed the looks because I was just kind of focused on the person that I was going out with. But, like, I've actually never noticed that before. Now, maybe if I, if I were in more black populated places, I'm sure I probably would have not only gotten those looks, but noticed them. Cause like you yeah. guys were in like Brampton and like, and like East end and what have you. Yeah. But like, anytime I've gone out with the, with a girl who wasn't black, it's always been on the West, West side. So if I was going on a date with a girl in Oakville, obviously there's not a whole lot of black people in Oakville. So it's going to be mostly white people or whatever. Or if I've gone out with a girl in like downtown Toronto, where everything's a, a bit more mixed, whatever. Again, I've never noticed these looks. If anything, and ironically enough, like I've gotten looks from, white people when I'm with the black girl and like they'll give me positive looks like oh my god you guys look so happy to go, 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 whatever but like I've never actually noticed any negative looks whether I was with a black woman or a non-black woman so that's I've always wondered that I was like maybe I'm not paying attention but like at the same time it's not something that I really care to pay attention to anyway if you're down I, you to get it you gotta go to certain yeah. areas yeah like my name alone I like with Brittany too the same thing with Brittany Jordan I'm Earl Hall there's been many times where I've been with other girlfriends and they're just like, oh, I was telling my girlfriends about you and they're surprised. And we mean surprised. Like she gave me the situation saying like, oh, I'm dating this guy named Earl. And they automatically think like, white guy, maybe trailer trash or something. They see a picture of me and they're like, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> like, okay, Earl, what'd you expect? <laughs> they're just like, oh, that's Earl. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> 
to my face. Like, I thought you were white to my face because she heard me on the phone and she met me and she walks up and I was like, hi, I'm Brittany. She didn't even say hi to me. She's like, oh my God, you're black. And I was like, yeah, I am. It was great. Been there. Been there. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the mic for a second. So um technically I got three stories here. But I'll try to keep them up quick. I know oh, Justin's just sitting back and just like getting his popcorn ready over there. Because there's one story I know he wants to hear. But anyway. Um so luckily in high school, like my first girlfriend was white and her family was very like accepting, opening, like I felt didn't feel any toward the animosity, like didn't feel any sort of race involved. And then I went, remember we went to like her grandma's um, birthday party thing, and I was just like, and we were driving out there, like, huh, I'm gonna be the only, I'm gonna be the brother out there. <laughs> didn't care about, but then again, they were accepting. And then for when the girl I told you guys about the other story when that happened, I was just like, what? What? Some doesn't, some doesn't, something right there. And that's where I was just like, not everybody's like this. So. Shortly after that story happened, where I was chased out of the house, I dated another 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 white white girl, and she at that time was like a checklist. Like all of us, all of us do to the checklist what they want to look like. Same same values, same type of interests, like everything. Literally, this girl was like a checklist. Like I wanted to be like, you know what? This might be it. I think I might I might retire the jersey. You know what I mean? So. We're dating for like well, two months or like it was it was short though it was like two months but you know when you feel something you feel something so she went to see her parents for the weekend and she came back and I was like super excited to see her like, all right I get to see my lady you know I'm happy and all that stuff and I remember calling her and then her tone changed from when she left to when she was coming back so I was like what okay you seem to be excited the other day when we were messaging each other excited to see me and all that. Um, she said, oh, well, we got to talk. Went, all right, cool. So when she came back, I had, I waited all day. Like I wasn't pushing or nothing. I was just waiting patiently for her her call. And she called me like about an hour before I do her work. And she said to me, so I talked to my parents about us. And she was making plans in the summer to go to like her cottage, her cousin's weddings, like all this sort of stuff. So I was excited too. But anyway, so she was like, I just talked to my parents and they are initially very happy that, you know, we found one another. And I was like, oh, great, good. So why do I feel, I don't feel comfortable about this conversation? Well, she's like my immediate family, like my brothers, my sisters, that's sorry, my brother, my mom, my dad, and my sisters have no issue. But since we moved around so much as, as, a, as a family, my extended family is like, you know, her everything, right? they won't be as accepting towards you as my immediate family would be. And I sat, as I'm talking to her processing this, I'm just like, listen, I am willing to deal with this hurdle and eventually we'll smooth it out to get there one day. But I guess at that time she just didn't, again, it was very early and I guess she didn't want to go through that or see me go through that, which is fine. You know, at the end of the day, if we did go through that, and we broke up, she would have lost possibly that other side of the family. But oh, we ended things the way they ended because again, the extended family didn't work out. But again, I had to deal with this test. I'm like, really? This was the reason why this couldn't continue. And it hurt for again, another six months to try to be like, 
should I really go through that type of hurdle again? Am I going to deal with this type of problem again where the color of my skin, not, not my name, my name is fine. That My name gets me there. The second part is the other thing, right? So um, for that to happen again, back to back, it was just like, what's the point? But again, I had to like think about it and realize like not everybody is like this. It's just like a small percentage of people, which seems to be at the time, a large percentage of people. But until you actually think about it, like not everybody's like that. So, but um, yeah, when that happened again, I was just like, man, what's the point, you know? But like I said, again, not everybody's like that. So, but now, now the other story that Justin loves, another interracial uh, relationship. So Daniel, just hold this, this Get your popcorn ready for this one, because I know these two know this story. Yeah. They were, they enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so my, my boy introduced me to this this beautiful girl, right? So we meet up in Pick. I was living in Oshawa at the time. She was in Pickering. So we met up in Pickering. We went to Starbucks. We had a great time. We had again, my list changed. She met that criteria again, where it's just like she's like the same football team as me, which is the Raiders, which is very tough to find in Canada. A woman like in a same football team. Period, man. Jeez. What, what, what was that? It's tough to find a woman that loves football, period. <laughs> it's, it's a unicorn, man. <laughs> Especially up here. Anyway, so yeah, she liked anime. She liked, we had a lot of very, like, a lot of similarities, which was amazing. So I was like, oh, sweet. So day two comes into play. I'm just talking about how crazy this was. Not about, like, it's just interracially, and she was just crazy. But anyway, um, so <laughs> date number two happens. I want to up my game a little bit, but I was like, I'm a color for a minute. So, hey, I got this uh, gift certificate at Baton Rouge in downtown Toronto. Would you be down? She's like, sure. I was like, cool. All right. I think I may have found the one again. Like she wants to use, she likes a lot of things that I like. And she wants to use a gift card on second date. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just stop right here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you told her. I did. You guys, you guys have been talking for around two weeks at this time. And you told her, hey, I got a gift certificate for Baton Rouge. Do you want to come? And she just said, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Me, me yeah. and Daniel, me and Daniel had a conversation. It's free food. <laughs> me and Daniel had a conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> with the, with, no, 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 no. Tweety, I want you to know I'm on your side. Me and Daniel had a conversation with a woman from work. Okay. And I'll let Daniel touch on it because I'm sure he will. Where we literally... It was a video that we posted in our group chat with the three of us, and we literally asked her, we're like, yo, does it really matter if a guy uses a gift card? And she went off, and she's like, no, you can't do that because it shows that you can't do this. And we're just like, so hold on. We literally broke it down to the point where, like, so if you go to a movie with a guy, and he pulls out his scene card to swipe and figures out he has two movies, if he uses his scene card... <laughs> Oh yeah. Yo, her immediate response was, no, he can't do that either. And we were like, wow. Like the idea of using a gift card on a date with her was like, it was like slapping her in the face. It was so much disrespect. But I'll let you continue. I know Daniel will touch it. I just wanted to put that out there. You know how excited I get when I swipe my scene card? I'm like, yes, free movie. (laughs) You can't use your scene points on her. That's crap. You, want to see you, for the movie. you see, the thing about it is if you open that dialogue, then it's okay. That's what I open that dialogue, right? By saying, like, hey, I want to take you on a second date. Baton Rouge is a, is a nice one right by the CN Tower before it goes down. And, yeah, 
Why not? <laughs> so I opened the dialogue. That's why I guess it worked. But anyway, so uh, we meet up. Uh, she was working downtown. I met her downtown. Toronto. We met up. We enjoyed her. We were ordering our meal, talking to the waiter. Waiter leaves. Me and her start talking about like, movies and stuff. So I said to her, like, I like rom-coms or like anime, like animated. I like it, a little bit of everything. I, I, musicals, whatever. You know, I like it. I like it all. And she started saying her movies. So Harry Potter came up. At that time, I never watched it, never read the book, never got into it. Really? Not like, at that time, no. Now I know everything about it. Now I know everything yeah. about it. But anyway. Just make so, sure. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, then, I actually never watched Harry Potter before. I'll be dead. Okay, okay. It's about to Thank twist you. in about a hot second. Thank it's you. about to twist in a hot second. So I thought, I thought that when I said that, in my head, I, I, I gave myself an imagery right away. She's like, as soon as I said it, never seen it, never watched it. She was a huge fan. I thought, all right, I got dates one to eight solid just watching movies. The look of disgust that <laughs> she had that I didn't watch this movie. She got up and left. No, she didn't. Before the food. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So because... So instead wow. of... Well, so, 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 I went after her. And I grabbed her like just gently, not the aggressive. Uh -oh. What's 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 the issue? And she was like in the most diva type of way. She said, "I can't be with nobody that doesn't understand Harry." And then rips my arm and walks away. I'm never sorry. No. What? <laughs> what? What? No. So I go back. So I go back. I go back. I go back. I sit at the table. Waiter comes, brings the food, and he's like, "Where did your uh, where did your your date go?" She left because I've never seen Harry Potter. The waiter's like, You've never seen it? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did the waiter this too? Hold on. So the waiter, so one more thing. The waiter said, the wait, hold on, hold on. The waiter said, Don't worry about her meal. I got it. But for you, download all of these so this will never happen again. A week later, Space played the entire marathon of Harry Potter. So. Okay, hey, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. First, Brittany. First, Brittany. Okay, look, I love Harry Potter. Like, I do. I really, really do. And I've read all the books. I've read them multiple times. But if you tell me you haven't seen the movies, I'll be like, oh, okay, so we can have, like, a movie marathon. That's my first thing. I'm like, okay. That's what <laughs> oh, I was God. praying for. That's what I was praying for. But I'm, a, I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm a Star Wars guy. I'd watch that, too. I, I, I will Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, any type of trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Like, I, like, I will uh -huh. watch it. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's what I... That's what I thought. I had eight days, eight dates covered in my head. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Daniel, Daniel, go. You ready? Okay. So I guess my question is this. Okay, so I'm assuming this was like another interracial date. So like it, it wasn't yeah. a black one, correct? No, she's mixed. She's mixed. Okay. So okay. So despite anything that you may have said during the date, it was you not seeing Harry Potter. That turned her off. her off. Yeah. Like, watch me fix my mouth and say, oh, you've never, you've never watched Black Panther. I can't continue this date with you. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, what? Yeah. It's like, you don't understand T'Challa like I do. Like, what? Like, I mean, they're a fool. Like, that is crazy. That's not. Like, it's did she just automatically assume that because you're black and I guess black people don't watch Harry Potter or whatever? 
that like you wouldn't I be interested at all. Watch anime. That's good enough. Like I'm in that world already. So that's so weird. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't think she because he already watches anime, yeah. so she's not judging him for that. Yeah, yeah but not Harry and Potter. The world like, rings, the Hobbit, Harry Potter, man. Wow, that is wow. That's crazy. That is nuts madness. Wow. <laughs> Just and again, this is going back to what my mom said. Woman is woman, no matter what color they are. <laughs> you want to jump yeah. on that Chanel example, Daniel? You're gonna let that ride out. We can let it ride out. No, 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 no. Let's let's get into this shit. Let's it's it's time for me to get. Dipped. Hold on, Tweety. Do you have a next story or? Uh, not that I. Maybe another one might come up, but those are the main ones I got. The, the two that were wrong. The two that were the tough ones. God damn. Okay, Daniel, go on. Okay. So. This happened at, at work, so where Justin and I work. Um, and basically, there was this one black girl that, that was over there that I thought was pretty cool, all right? So we had our conversations here and there and what have you. And then she even uh, showed off a bit of a flirtatious vibe with me and stuff like that as well. It, it was to the point where even Justin picked it up as well. He's like, oh, dude, like, this girl fucking likes you. Like, it's obvious as day, whatever, right? So... After like a couple of months of like like getting to know her or whatever, like I start to develop like a like a bit of an attraction to her, right? So fast forward to our holiday party or whatever, uh, everyone has the option of like inviting like a plus one. So Justin comes with Brittany, of course, um, and then the girl in question, she brings her sister. So my mentality was, okay, I already know I already know the girl and all that stuff. Let me let me warm myself up to the sister because like that's the key right there because she's the gatekeeper so to speak to to give her the confirmation of yeah you should go for this guy whatever so long story short you know i was dancing with her sister like half the night whatever just like two steps and all that stuff and like by the end of the night she's like yeah that's the guy right there yeah he's cool you should like she was literally telling her sister as i'm in their presence this guy's good you should date him or like oh like give him your number and all that stuff like she was pushing him Sorry, pushing her to give me the number and all that stuff, which she eventually did. So we were chatting during the Christmas break or whatever, and she had told me that she had just recently ended her relationship with, with her man. Like they had been on break for like a couple months, but then she recently ended it like officially altogether and asked me, you know, what was the best way to kind of get over that situation? Like she was asking me for advice in that regard. So I told her straight up, I was like, you know what, like time does heal all wounds, yada, 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 but also meeting somebody with substance and what have you kind of helps you get over that, that, that crush and that heartbreak, whatever. And then I put myself out there. I was like, you know what, if, if I were to be completely honest, I think I'm that guy you should be talking to or whatever. So I just told her straight up right there and then that I liked her or whatever. And she said she was flattered and she appreciated the honesty. And then she's saying, you know, right now she just needs a bit of time. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. This is me. I'm being friends with right there. And then this means she needs some time. That was my way of uh, rationalizing it all. So, you know, as time went by or whatever, like, I continued to talk to her and, like, she would tell me, like, all these personal details about herself and her life or whatever. And, like, normally when someone does that, it means that they're trying to endear themselves to you because, like, they, they, they feel there's a certain level of trust that they can, that they can have with you. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like I'm making good headway and good progress because now I'm sharing stuff with her, too, because I feel like we've built that bridge and what have you, right? So I'm doing all this, and then 
it gets closer to the end of of January, and we were chatting as we normally do, and then like there we, we would have like some playful flirting here and there from time to time, and and we did it again like 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 we always did, uh, but then she didn't respond back to me for like a good like three days or whatever. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And I'm not one to chase people, right? I feel like people will come to you when they come, essentially. So waited for that to happen. And then we eventually started making contact again. And then when we had another conversation, she just flat out said, oh, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to date anyone right now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's all like, yeah, I just want to focus on my work and this is not what I want and all that stuff. And I don't know, I didn't like, I don't know if like I gave you that impression or whatever and you know, all that stuff. And I'm just like, that you did give me that impression. Like, and it's not like I never said that I didn't like her. I fully did say that I did like her so that, you know, nothing would be confused, nothing would be blurred and what have you. And, but she tried to flip the script and be like, oh, well, I'm not sure if you ever told me that at any point in time, but I just want to let you know from now. I'm just like, really? Like we're doing this now? Like that, like that's what you're trying to do now? So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I was obviously pissed off about that um, because I felt like I kind of wasted my time because I feel like if that's how you really felt, then you should have just said it from the jump, if that was the case, or a lot earlier before, you know, feelings started to get invested and information about one another was being exchanged. Um, so, you know, fast forward to February now, you know, she's having conversations with uh, one of our coworkers and what have you. And they were talking about, you know, what kind of guys they like and stuff like that. I didn't, we didn't know at the time, but um, afterwards we go up to our coworker, Justin and I would go up to our coworker and be like, yo, what was she talking about? And she'd go, oh no, we're just talking about the weekend and what we have planned on doing and, you know, just talking about certain guys that we like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, so what did she say? Like, what kind of guys does she like? She's like, oh, she's, you know, she's like into the thug type, you know, I'm like, oh. She likes gunmen. <laughs> she like, she into the gunmen and all that. And I'm like, okay, well, what about her last boyfriend? Was he a thug type? And she said, oh, no, he wasn't. Just a regular dude. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And the reason why I say that it's interesting is because the regular dude that she went out with, that she went out with was just an Asian guy. It was an Asian guy. It wasn't a black guy. It was an Asian guy. So for him, for the Asian guy to be a regular guy, it was okay. But for the black guy, he got to be a gunman. He got to be a thug. He got to be a tuggy-tug. He got to be a hard man. So I'm like, all right. I see. That's, that's the way she views black masculinity. That's, that's, and I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. So, yeah, 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 let the frustration ensue. So, again, going deeper into the month now, there is a movie coming out called uh, The Photograph. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, uh, Earl, but there's a movie coming out called The Photograph. It was a a black film, black film, majority black cast. um, And it was a romantic film, not a romantic comedy, just a romantic film, like romantic drama, if you will. And... Justin had already seen it. The other girl had saw it. Justin really liked it. He applauded it. The other girl said, oh, I was really a fan of the movie. I kind of fell asleep halfway through. I didn't think it was realistic. So at this time, I can't judge because I've never seen the movie before. So I can only take the accounts of what Justin's saying and what the other girl is saying. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me see for myself and get my own dissertation on it. So I saw the movie. And I said to myself, that was a damn good movie. That was a really good movie. There's a black movie that didn't have way too much drama in it. There's a little, just a little bit, but it didn't take away from the overall film. And so I'm trying to ask the girl, like, what, what was so unrealistic about it? It's like, oh, the character development was too slow and 
And there was this one part where they had to like write an article, but the article never got written. So like that was a huge plot hole for me. What about the article? I'm just like, you fucking kidding me? The article was a fucking it was a plot device to get the two people together. The the the, the plot device doesn't necessarily have to be the overarching theme of the movie. The like the plot device does not have to be the MacGuffin of a film. The MacGuffin is something completely different. The plot device is just a little pawn in the whole scheme of things to get people together and then it gets discarded and no one has to know about it. It's whatever. But she kept on harping about that and talking about how it's unrealistic that they're able to fall in love like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, you sound like a Tyler Perry bitch right now. You sound like the type of black person that loves watching Tyler Perry drama movies because you find that the drama in there is realistic to what people go through in real life when it comes to black culture, which is totally far from the truth. So that happened, and I'm like, yo, I'm starting to get so annoyed and so disgusted. Like, to make it a bit easy, Tweety, have you seen the movie, The the Photograph? I have not, no. That's, that's on my list. It's, it's literally, and I know we're all hipsters here a little bit, so like, if you ever seen Perks of a Wildfire or 500 Days of Summer, it's oh, literally like, like that? okay, it's, it's the black version of like a hipster movie. It's about a photograph, so the reason why it wasn't as quick is because it has to mend like a photograph. The movie was actually really intricate. It didn't have nobody who the man gave them AIDS, cheated on them, fucked their mother, molested their sister, um, none of that shit. Stole money from them. It was just like a regular movie about two black people in love, and the idea of the photograph was the background that told it. Simple, that sounds, that great, sounds beautiful to me. Straight it's up. That sounds beautiful. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful movie. You'll like it. So now I'm getting annoyed, and like, I'm getting really annoyed, not just because of her, but the behavior that I've constantly witnessed with black women that I thought were different and that I thought were a bit more intellectual and a bit more open-minded, but time and time again, they prove to be the same old basic ones that I come across, but the difference is they know how to articulate themselves a bit better than the average ones. So like, I'm getting pissed at this point. I'm like- I contacted this for you, Daniel, I'm sorry, man. This is not like some young woman, like she's around, she's in her thirties, She's the project manager. She has an executive role. Like, this is not... So, oh, wow, it's that's why it shocked me. <laughs> You're like, what? Yep. That right there is the exact same thing I have on my face. And, and the, the, other, the other Black woman that we worked with who was talking about the fact that she liked, that she also liked thugs and gunmen who told her that this woman liked thugs and gunmen. She has two degrees. She's a corporate recruiter. And she makes, like, 80K. She makes more than us. And we're sitting there like... These the and like yo, I, I literally told her in a conversation, I'm like, you realize that a guy like that's just gonna use you for money, right? He's gonna be sitting at home playing 2K not doing shit. Like, like what are you what do you mean you like a and I was just like, bro, I'm like, okay, I understand this. Like, I under okay, when I hear this from like certain black women, I get it, depending on the situation. Like maybe you had kids at 16, you never had the chance to really grow up and mature. I get it, you at 29, 30 saying this. I fully understand it. I'm not even I'm not even debating against it. But I don't get it from YouTube. So yeah, I'm getting visibly annoyed at this point. Like I'm like, I told this guy, yo, dog, I'm done. I'm done. I can't fucking do this shit anymore. I'm way too grown. I'm past 30. I've seen this shit for far too often. Like I can't do this shit. Like you would think it would be different in the environment that we're in a corporate environment, a tech environment at that, where you don't really see a whole lot of black people to begin with. I'm just visibly annoyed. Like, I'm, like, visceral right now. So now, like, while this is kind of going on and what have you, I'm noticing that women of other different ethnicities and races, whatever, are giving me attention. And 
just having conversations, like open dialogue about anything and everything under the sun. Yeah. And I'm noticing I'm getting this attention from them like like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't have to like pull teeth to get conversation out of them. Like I don't have to act a certain way or have this anxiety about whether or not I meet their checklist, you know, the, the black paradigm checklist, so to speak. I don't have to worry about that. And then it came to one day in particular, or one night, I should say, where I'm on the train home, on my way back home from, from hooping with some of the coworkers, and I'm in a track suit. Like, I'm not looking cute or anything like that. I'm just, like, hair hanging down like this. I don't care. Like, I'm just, you know, bumming it on, on, the, on, 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 the, on the go train. Then this random girl comes up beside, comes, comes, comes up and, like, gives me, like, a little smile or whatever and, like, sits beside me. And then we just start having a conversation. So she approached me. You know what I mean? Like, that has really happened often. Like, she approached me. So we start having this dialogue, whatever, going back and forth throughout the whole train ride. And then midway, like before we got back into Oakville, she asked me for my number, all right? She asked me. She's like, what's your number? I'm like, shit, bet. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, at that moment, and yeah, I think Brittany was on the phone when I, when, uh, when I called Justin as well. So we were having like a few-way talk about this. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm done. Like, I'm done trying. I have done trying. My cup has run it over. Like what likes you, and I'm just like, listen, like unless the anomaly comes to me, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I can't with it anymore. And so the joke is like, once I started noticing like I'm getting attention elsewhere, anytime I'm in the office now, whenever your old girl sees me, she wants to come up and be like, hey Daniel, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a while. What's new with you? And then that fuck off. Like you're not like you're not talking to me. You're now talking to me because I'm not giving you the attention like I did before. Like a fucking simp. All right. I'm not your simp. All right. And like, and it's just like you're only giving me attention because like I'm not giving you the attention that I used to give you. And there's always this thing where like I would message her majority of the time, majority of the time, and she would only message me once in a blue moon. Like, that's not any type of dynamic that I want. It has to be equal. Like, I have to know that you have some sort of interest in me. You can't keep playing me like a fucking fiddle. And I feel like there are, I've come across too many black women who have done this to me. And maybe that's not the case for Justin or any other black man. But like, for me, I've always noticed that. So my thing is, I got to stay in my lane. I got to know what suits me. I got to know where I can navigate best. And for the most part, it doesn't seem to be black women, unless, of course, they are, in fact, the anomaly which is rare to come, which is where to come by because it's like trying to tell somebody, Hey, just draft LeBron James. Yeah. That's called once in a generational talent. Like he doesn't always come around often. So like at that point, I was just like, you know what? I got to get in where I fit in at the end of the day. And like, I'm not going to like sell myself short. If I come across somebody and they just happen to be of a different race and we're getting along and we connect on a lot of shit, I'm going to hedge my horses on that. But at the same time, if I do come across a black girl who happens to be the anomaly and we connect on a lot of shit and they don't go by these, these, these social standards of black culture, which is all bullshit, then sure, I'll explore that option too. But at the end of the day, I'm done fucking trying. I've, I've, uh, I've had moments where I've been, I've been dropped because I wasn't a gunman. It was in my 20s, but I've had a girl come to me and be, and mind you, these are girls I went to school, the university, whatever the case is. And they've come up and said, like, oh, I like a gunman. And I'm just like, all right. I just, I just simply walk away. I don't even give it energy. I'm just like, but I figured this out in the beginning. I didn't have to wait down the line. Like, you had to figure it out, right? But I've had one or two of those. But, yo, I, I feel you. If you can find the anomaly, it's great. Often the anomaly is as fed up as you are because they've dealt with the exact same struggles as you have, too. So it's virtually the same thing. But if you can find the anomaly out there, then, yeah, hold on to it for dear life. I got you. 
I remember when Tweety first met Britney and figured out she liked anime. He's like, how? Uh, how? How? <laughs> how? <laughs> well, I, I'm a flower and I wilted when I heard that. <laughs> what? I was a flower and I wilted when I heard that. I was like, Justin? Don't mess up. <laughs> no, I told Justin. I told Justin when he told me, man. I gave him like this look of hate and disgust. Me too. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, motherfucker. If I swear to, I swear to Christ, if you fuck this shit up, I will kill you in your sleep, and then I will perform an exorcism, put your soul back into your body, and kill you again. I know. And, I, t- I told him I'm gonna make his hairline like George Jefferson. And Rick Red Fox, okay? <laughs> like, if you mess this up, you best not mess this up. You will be Uncle Phil by the week's end. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Trust me. I, I know what's in the game. I've been in the game for a minute. I'm good. Good. Because this woman right there, you got a, you got a unicorn, okay? <laughs> I'm aware, man. I'm aware. It's hard, man. It's hard. And, man. I, and we appreciate you. Me, Daniel, and Dustin, appreciate you. <laughs> but anyway, back to Daniel. Like, the frustration I can see you show, I share that to some extent. But do not change, change the narrative to some extent. Like the one that we thought, you know, you're all nice and everything, and she wants to talk, man. Don't change. Once you change your narrative, then she'll be like, ooh, now he's, now I want him. Like, be like, girl, no, this is who I am at the end of the day. Come see me for me, not for someone you're trying to change me to be, you know? okay. So just stick with your guns, man. For real. And it's funny you mentioned change what happened, because I remember like, me and Justin would be cracking jokes, whatever. And like me, like Justin always says, like, I always go for the jugular, whatever. I'm like roasting or whatever, right? So whenever we'd be talking about like people at work that we don't like or whatever, and she just happened to be in the conversation or whatever, she would always laugh and be like, oh my God, Daniel, you're so funny. Oh my God. Like, and mind you, this is like after I was like not paying her any mind anymore. But now she's yeah. like talking to me, like, oh my God, you're so funny. Oh my God. Like, I did not know you were that hilarious. Oh my God. Like, fuck off. Well, so what? So now you like me because because I'm being fucking reckless as fuck right now? Fuck yep. you. you because you changed the narrative. Oh, into a gunman to her. Yes, exactly. Qualities. Yeah, exactly. So Instead of getting a man that can feed your kids and provide for them, I want to go. <laughs> Yo, but just to, just to rewind for a minute. So when you're on the gold train, did you approach that girl or she approached you? No, she approached me. She approached you. Wow, you guys have such pride. Because I did something, I did something similar to that, but I opened up, I opened that, that dialogue up. So I was going to my boys' bachelor party in Toronto, and I was at the. Sorry if I'm very specific in my stories. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was at the Mimico station. I'm gonna go to Union, so it's like so Mimico exhibition Union, yeah, Mimico yeah. exhibition Union. So two yeah. stops. So you know, pretty big guy, you know. So I went to go buy my ticket. See these two beautiful girls. One was white. One was uh, one was like Pakistani or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I saw them both. I bought my ticket. I went out and I was like, gonna go to the platform. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tell those girls. You know, they look beautiful and I hope they have a good night tonight. So I went in there. I was like, hey, and they both looked over like I was gonna possibly do something to them or something. But I was just like, hey, I just wanted to say. You both look amazing, and I hope you all have a good night tonight. They're like, oh, thank you. So I, went, I said my piece, went to the platform. One of the girls came up, and she we chatted from the from the, when we got from the platform to the train to Union, then we walked up one or several ways. But as soon as you open up, like, a little bit of something, something can happen. Like, even though you were dressed up like a bum, 
you know, <laughs> literally just tracksuit, like tracksuit. You, yeah. you were just you, man. At the end of the day, yeah. so. White, black, green, Klingon, um, you know, sand, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Centaur, yeah, yeah. centaur, <laughs> yes, centaur, harpy, I you love know, centaur shit. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women is women is the way my mom talks, man. So mm. that's how I see it. Damn it. That. Nah, that, was, that was an intense story. Daniel, you have, you have any other stories left in the bank? Um, as far as interracial dating, yeah. Nah, I think that was probably like the one where I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like, that was like probably like the peak one. Like, everything else, every other story has to do, kind of has to deal with like dating within like the uh, community. And like, I've already touched on those points essentially. So, this. Those ones would just be touching on like specific stories and specific moments within those situations. But like, I feel like, yeah, I think I've kind of touched on everything as far as like my experiences uh, of how I'm perceived by women of other cultures versus women within my own culture. And it's just like, okay. Um, yeah, that like, unless if I start talking about like dating within like primarily African spaces and what have you, but like, yeah, that's about it really. No, but yeah. to be honest with you, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I always tell you now, I'm like, yo, just like what likes you. Like, mm -hmm. the way I look at it, as Tweety said, like, you have a list, right? My list always categorizes like a personality. I want someone this, 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 this. And it's just like, if you can find somebody where you guys can sit there and talk about wood for mm -hmm. three hours with no breaks, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if you can find that, it doesn't matter what that person is. If they like you and you like them, continue that. If anyone has anything to say about it, which they will, because Mount made to talk and just fucking. <laughs> or you could be dating somebody that the entire time you never watch TV, you literally just talk all the time. Like mm -hmm. the TV never came on. Mm -hmm. You don't understand what that, that feels like. We're just like, wait, we talked for like eight hours and sure you show you like a YouTube video, Instagram, whatever, but mm -hmm. never to go like to the Netflix and chill or. Disney and Smash. I don't know the new one for that angle. Disney and Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Disney and Smash is so wrong. Smash yeah, I, know. Is funny. I know. I know. It's funny though. But no, just to find someone genuine like that, where you just like have a conversation and not bring up any sort of technology technology involved, mm -hmm. it's a bless when you find it. So sure, absolutely. But, but to uh, my experiences, like I've only had those like two negative, well, three negative ones, but the majority of I've had were all very positive and never really came down to the fact that I was black or she was this or mm -hmm. that never really came up unless a, someone addressed it and if so it would be like oh I didn't expect you to be this you were that because of your name I was like, all right yeah I can thank my daddy for that because yeah. <laughs> I'm a junior he's the one who named me but um yeah I've never only besides those two that made me almost not want to date generationally anymore was because of mm -hmm. The one really negative one, and the one where it's just like kind of questioning, like really this was the this was the reason why we couldn't continue the dance. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that, that has been pretty positive. Like I've had a few looks before from black women, from white women when I'm with different cultures. It happens. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, again, my parents are very accepting. They never really they just wanted to see me happy at the end of the day. And probably same with yours too, Daniel. They don't probably care about what race they are as long as they treat you good treat the family good that's mm -hmm. what matters right mm -hmm. but, yeah. but for me but for me after those are steps you got to be my sisters <laughs> you got to meet my boys and then you, some end of the rainbow you get to meet big mom so <laughs> yeah. 
and you better pray she's on a good day. So <laughs> yeah, I love my mom. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, no, my my experience has been good. Like, if anyone I were ever tell like what's like dating a, a white person, like it's like dating a black girl, but just a little bit, a little bit less, you know, a little, little less extra. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they have their own little extra. Everyone's got their own little extra. Just the same, just some cultural differences, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, this was a good discussion, man. We've been waiting to have this for a while. We're probably going to bring each of you back for different topics, whether it's just general topics, mainly because I like I like the way this fits, or whether it's just if we have another topic that's in this vicinity. But it might just be for general topics. We just want to have a third person review some bullshit for the week, give their opinion. I value both of your opinions. I know, Tweety, we've been waiting a bit longer, but this is perfect. Daniel. As soon as Cool Radio gets back up, we definitely want to be on some yeah. topics. I'm definitely ready. I know you two want to have a conversation after this, but Daniel, I want. We have to speak, sir. We have hey. a lot. I, to I feel like I want to be a fly in the wall for this conversation. I know you I do. Got you, do. you do. You do. You want. You want to be in it for that one. I'm gonna be in it. I got. As soon as this is done, we could do this call. I got some laundry to do, but I'm gonna be a part of it. I do have to like change my SIM card into a new phone that Brittany got me. So that's going to fuck it up, but I can do that later on. I'm actually ready to take like two or three hours. I'll do my laundry. I'll eat. And I'm going to listen to this in the background. Cause I want to hear this. Listen, but- I, got, I got my snack ready. All right. I got my half a snack. Yeah. Oh, roll back half a moon. Oh my God. Half a moon. Or moon pop. Yeah. Almost like a moon pie. Yep. I know I'll, be one. Cooking, one. I'll be cooking. So you guys will hear your utensils banging around. I'm all good. <laughs> but uh, before I let you guys go, uh, you guys can plug yourself. Daniel, you go first. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, kind of like what Justin was alluding to, uh, Cool Radio. Um, I will decide, you know, when it is, you know, everything is good good to go to uh, co- go back to the studio and to give you guys what you need. So, uh, in the meantime, you guys can check out Cool Radio on multiple platforms on social media. So, look for the hat, not the hashtag, but the... Um, the acts of at cool radio CC get video content from YouTube, get audio contents from SoundCloud and a few news and updates here and there on the Twitter and Facebook page. Um, and then there's a little bit on Instagram as well. And then you can just follow me personally at DM underscore cool on Twitter. And then you can follow me at, or just find me on Facebook at DM cool basically. And yeah, that's it. I'm a follow. I'm a subscribe. I'm a subscribe to that. My man. Tweety, you have you have any plugs you want to add in there? I have a lot. I have a lot. I don't want to. (laughs) I got a lot I could drop right now, but uh, again, what you guys are doing, awkward or black, keep it up. Uh, Like what you guys are doing, the message you're trying to spread, and the dialogue you're trying to create as well. So keep it up. The fan since day one, as you both know. Definitely appreciate that. No, we'll definitely have this again, either if it's the two of you or just one each. I know we've had Daniel one each before, and we'll always let you guys know a week before. We'll let you guys know generally what the topic is or what we want to talk about, and we'll definitely have this again. But thank you, guys. This was another collaborative episode, our second one yet. We're going to have some more coming. Thank you, guys. And Brittany, where can they catch us? So you guys can find us on our podcast which is also through aqua podcast we're on spotify we do have instagram which is awkward and black and n not the ampersand sign 
And then we also have Twitter. All that though will be linked down below, including all of Daniel's information as well. Hey. Okay. Support. Support. Okay, guys. I appreciate you guys coming out. Thank <laughs> you.